whoa, ladies, I can't explain. See, um, I I'm a princess too. Wait, what? Yeah, Princess Vanellope Von Schweetz of the uh, Sugar Rush Von Schweetzes. I'm sure you've heard of us, so it'd be embarrassing for you if you haven't. <laughs> huh. What kind of a princess are you? What kind? Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Then I have to assume you made a deal with an underwater sea witch where she took your voice in exchange for a pair of human legs? No. Good <gasps> lord, who would do that? Have you ever had true love's kiss? Ew, barf! Do you have daddy issues? I don't even have a mom. Neither do we! Lights, camera, action. Welcome to another episode of Happy Hour Films. And as everybody knows, we are a podcast where we crack open a beer and we talk about some movies. Tonight, our animation theme comes to an end with The King, The House of Mouse, Disney Studios, The Big Dog. And tonight, here to talk about it with us is a returning guest, Tyler, from the Pixar episode. Woo-hoo. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Doing good, man. Doing good. Still living life. Wonderful. And also here to join me is returning guest as well, my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, say hi. It pains you to say lovely wife, didn't it? It didn't feel great, I'll tell you that. For the listening audience, I am lovely. I'm Carrie. Hello, everyone. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGoigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? All right. Now that we have the introductions out of the way, why don't we talk about the important stuff, which is what we're drinking. So let's start with the guest. Tyler, what about you, man? What you got? All right. I'm listening to, listening to, I'm drinking, I'm listening to this can't pop. There you go. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm listening to. Um, I listen to Current Abyss. I was thinking like, it's like, it looks like Fantasia on the can. If you can see, it's like all sparkly and stuff. So bottoms up. Nice. What Where's percentage is that? All right, this percentage is it takes a grape soda. This is weird. <laughs> I don't know if I like I don't know if I like that. Um why can't I find a can percentage? Listen, Beach House Brewery, which is this where it's from, just comment the percentage on our next Instagram post about this. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll find it, yeah. Oh wait, hang on. Five five point point I'm already drunk. Five point five percent. We, All right. One sip. He's one sip in. We're yeah. one sip and roughly a <laughs> I'm in and a half bitch, in bro. and Tyler's done. <laughs> All right, so Tyler's drinking from Beach House, which I think you had last time too, right? Yeah, man. I'm a big fan. Sponsor me, please. Hire me. You know, whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> oh, I saw yeah. you went to uh, the movies pop-up thing. How was that? Yeah, man. Know. How was that? I did. Dude, it was wild, man. It was really nice. Like, everyone went outside. And, like, um, they had, like, a little thing set up, like, nothing crazy where, like, people are, like, super packed in there. You go in there, get your food. And I had a cow tipper. My friend had a cock smoker. <laughs> they were freaking delicious, man. Really? Like, it was, like, it was like I was, like, beyond, like, what I expected. Like, it was awesome food. You had the uh, the regular cow tipper, not the, uh, not the like, the impossible cow tipper, whatever it is. Like the, the no, the, yeah, the, uh, the fake meat. Yeah, no, the regular cow tipper. I ain't know, you know. I like yeah. my meat. I'm a make, I'm a meaty boy, you know. I'm a meat, meaty, yeah. meaty over here, man. Was uh was Kevin Smith and JMU there? No, but they were there early that weekend. Supposedly. Oh, okay. We came the day after. Funny story though, we saw a truck hit a light post because he told us to direct traffic. He backed all the way up and then he started jackknife the whole thing. So we're just sitting there. We're like, you're gonna hit that light, and then he stopped right before he hit the light and then just revved into the light. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. Yeah. What are you drinking? 
Um, I did support some local breweries. I'm going to have three different beers tonight, but my first one is a Founders. Not local. I know it's not local. <laughs> my other beers are local, though, I promise. Hey, Ross, um, you can't judge. You didn't drink local last week. I'll drink I'm, I'm also drinking too. a Founders as well, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm drinking local too. I have White Claw. Um, <laughs> so, oh, that's what uh, Frank drank last yeah, week. <laughs> this is Founders Underground Mountain, which is going to go with the first movie we're going to be talking about. It's Underground Mountain Brown. It is 11.9%. You got to hear this description. Imperial Brown Ale brewed with... Uh, coffee and aged in bourbon barrels so i waited i poured it i waited to take my first sip till you know we were on air because to get the true reaction wow not not as strong as i thought it would be it is like it is like irish coffee it tastes like like um coffee with a little bit of bourbon in it for the listeners at home for the listeners at home carrie is now on the floor though uh, yeah. <laughs> Dueling on myself. It didn't taste that bad. It's I like actually just... strapped her into uh, our daughter's kitty chair. So she's <laughs> like a little tray in front of her now. And a bib. <laughs> bib, too. Gonna need it. God, it's like uh, when JR drank the four loco doing health checks on him throughout the right. episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, well, it, I think everybody, if they are worried, he is fine. We've we've seen him posting on Instagram, so at least his Instagram account is alive. <laughs> JR is alive and well. I hung out with him not too long ago. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, I can tell already this beer is not going to have staying power, though. <laughs> it was good like the first sip and now the second and third sip it's like nice. right. and of course she's drinking the bacons are drinking out of their ship bottom uh, branded glassware carrie's got ship bottom. Her, uh, she's ship got bottom sponsor us <laughs> yep yeah, yeah tell them beach house we want ship bottom and uh, i want red tank <laughs> like that's a good tank. one bro that's a good one <laughs> i picked up red tank did their special thing uh a special beer release with a Jay and Silent Bob theme because of the movie's pop-up. And I ended up pre-ordering a four-pack and picked that up. Though I'm not drinking that for this episode. They sold out the whole thing, man. Well, I had Red Tank, but it wasn't that beer. Oh, okay. Last time I checked, they sold out of that. Oh, yeah, no. I pre-ordered it and picked it up yesterday. Nice. (laughs) What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking... Mad Visionary from Twin Lights Brewing. I went with that because, I mean, Walt Disney is someone I would describe as a mad visionary. And plus yeah. the can looks pretty cool. It looks like there's like fireworks going off on it. You probably nice. can't see it through the camera, but <laughs> nice. uh, yeah. it's uh, 7.2%, which is the, uh, I think that's the strongest beer I've had on here so far. And it's a double IPA, and it's really smooth. I didn't expect that. I, I expected a bit more bitter, but it's it's really good. Yeah, nice. And of course, like I mentioned, I am drinking. I am also drinking a Founders, but that is obviously not local to us here in New Jersey. I believe they are a Grand Rapids, Michigan brewery. But the one I'm drinking is called Marvel Roast which is one of the many properties, Marvel, that Disney now owns. So it is a, <laughs> it's an imperial gold ale with coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and milk sugar. Now, ah. I, a few weeks ago, one of those for Halle Berry, I had the Ship Bottom Brewery coconut pie up order. 
this thing tastes remarkably similar to that except it's eight percent so it's a little stronger Ooh. but it is it's it it's a gold ale it doesn't have the dark you know porter stout look to it but it is it's delicious it really is i think it's gonna go down kind of quick and i feel like i should let the listeners know that i found the perfect beer when i was living at my previous house but didn't buy it at the time because we were still a couple weeks away from disney it was called hakuna matata <laughs> and i could what? not find it at any any uh liquor stores near me now nice well that said we should get into what we're talking about so tonight we're going to be talking about a class or like an or i guess a bronze golden age one i guess we'll call it a legendary one or a classic one and then a modern one a modern movie so we're going to be discussing excuse me we're discussing 1937 snow white and the seven dwarves we're going to be talking about 1992's aladdin and then we're going to talk about 2013's frozen and i promise you my wife will not sing let it go when we get to it okay she just she won't but i will (laughs) tyler (laughs) Tyler, you and me a duet buddy i'm down for that i'm down for that yeah i would just like to start this podcast off by saying snow white is so fucking boring it's (laughs) it's not great it really isn't it's not great at all it's it's one of those ones where because i know it's a theme that the uh i guess we'll call them the originals had where all they do is there's about five minutes of actual plot involving a main character and then there's just a whole bunch of nonsense with a side character (laughs) dude it was ridiculous with the dwarfs how long like if you guys ever seen the hobbit where they have like the dinner scene is like the length of an actual dinner scene like, it felt like that with the dwarves. Like, they just would not get off of them. Like, they put all the comedy in, like, the middle of the movie, and then they're, like, and then bookend it with, like, this crazy story. Like, right. Right. Uh, arguably now, the more interesting story, too. It took the dwarves yeah. so long upon coming home to the house, between them coming home to the house and actually finding Snow White in the bedroom, Yes! It was forever. So and long. I had, and when I, we rewatched it the other night, and... I sat and watched it because I was like, you know, it's been a really long time since I've seen this movie and I remembered why. <laughs> That's why it's I not, I, I, so I guess some good things, the fact that it's the first f- full length animated movie and it was made in 1937, the animation is pretty remarkable. It's great. It really is. And it that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what it is? It's like Star Wars with that. Like Star Wars, like you go from that, the 1977 version, like it's the visual effects now make that movie timeless. This movie, yeah. like, you know that some guy was sweating for like 15 minutes of Snow White waving, like, I mean, like 15 seconds of Snow White waving. Did that for like three weeks by hit cranking and then drawing it like right the, like just a painful process you know that that at that time animation went through and that's the thing and because there's a lot that can be criticized about this movie one thing i did uh, i took note of was um that when it came out in 1937 it, it was one it was revolutionary it was the first full-length animated feature film but also it was like at, you know, in the during the time of the Great Depression, when people needed, they needed something like this to come into their lives. Like they needed to go to the movies and watch something like this and forget. So they didn't care that there were long, boring parts. It was entertaining. It was new, and it was something, you know, happy for them to take them out of their lives for an hour. Yeah, it's. I think the the craziest thing is like obviously because it was directed by about like eight different guys. Yeah, they yeah. all did different segments. So it, whereas nowadays you'd have a team of people 
working on different segments to create like the whole because you can't you can't spend like a year and a half have one person work a year and a half on one sequence nowadays they'll go insane and like you'll hear of a rampage at disney but now it's it's a lot much more easier and plus there's like rendering times with computers and all that but yeah tyler like you said there was probably these like nine guys doing their little parts going completely insane and then having to like match it all up and make it like work and I think a lot of them, they spent a lot of their time on the dwarves because they're like the distinct personalities. In they're this. fun. Like they're <laughs> yeah. the, the most fun, but they're so one dimensional. Yeah. Like they're literally like one is happy all right. the time. One is grumpy all the time. Like, you know, and then now that you say that too, like uh, the artists or the animators going crazy. I think like two years later, the Disney studios, they went on a union strike, like in, in I think 1939, I want to think that, it, I, want, I want to say that is, I'm not sure. But. Right, now, so one thing that I found is apparently the character of Snow White is just not a compelling one because there have been a ton of retellings of Snow White, most of them live action, and Snow White's always the worst character in all of them. Yeah, because she's one, Did you ever, like, did any of you ever watch Once Upon a Time? Yes. The TV show? Yeah. Yes. No. The Snow White in that. She sucks. I hate her. She's the worst what? part of the show. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> She's badass in that. She's freaking cool as shit, man. She's Honestly, dope. I... She, like, has a daughter. It's awesome. And then there the was a brief period. Why... The only reason why little girls dress up like Snow White for Halloween is because, you know, they have dark hair and need a Disney princess with dark hair to dress up as. Like, it's... It's not because they're in love with the the character. I, it, you can't tell me it is. Well, her dress is pretty sweet. It's got yeah. a yeah. Yeah. cape and everything. <laughs> also, that scene where she's in the woods, where like the trees grab her and stuff. I'm like nine nine out of ten. I was like, this is inspired by like the Evil Dead was inspired by this with the tree scene. Oh, yeah. I was like, like Sam Raimi was like, let's make this, but ten times grosser and ten times scarier. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was that, see, and that was supposed to be symbolic of her fear and her fear playing tricks on her. Fuck that. It was an acid trip. That's what that was. Yeah. I feel like you could say that with pretty much every, uh, what would be the golden age of Disney movies, like 90% of them. (laughs) Yeah, or the woods in Disney are just legitimately evil, and that was all real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she just terrified that I'll try to grab her. She saw that (laughs) shit happen. (laughs) Just she's the first one to to reveal the secrets of the enchanted forest <laughs> in the Disney universe. There, see now there are Disney movies where good things happen in the forest though, like Sleeping Beauty. Bambi. But no, not that was in the meadow. It doesn't matter. Get up, Bambi. <laughs> He's like, get up, Bambi. <laughs> this uh. But now, like the Aurora thing... meets the prince in the woods in Sleeping Beauty. Um, you know you have. Elsa's Sleeping Beauty is a good movie, there's, though. There's some good things there. Yeah. I mean, if you ignore the whole fact that the date rape and Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> date rape oh, or yeah. necrophilia? Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's necrophilia. <laughs> Wait, can we talk? It's the same thing can in we, this movie, too, yeah. Can we talk about how Snow White, this whole tame, like, kid-friendly movie, like, whatever... And then I think in like 1940 comes out Pinocchio, which has the boys turning into like the jackasses and stuff. It's like Walt Disney yeah. was like, oh, like like it was like the whole Indiana Jones thing, like where like Raisin Lost is the next movie, but then Steven Spielberg was like, fuck you, I'm putting out Temple of Doom. And that thing <laughs> scared the shit out of me. 
Like Pinocchio was like scary as shit. Like yeah. that was genuine scary. Yeah. I there's so much weird about early Disney movies. Dumbo. Yeah. I I'm gonna be honest. I hate that movie. It's one of my least fit. It, it's awful. Not and great. then and then you get the middle of the movie where Dumbo gets drunk and apparently drinking for elephants is the equivalent to acid for humans. <laughs> and here's the thing. I couldn't watch it. Ross, we, as he's doing his, um, his Disney resolution this year and watching all the Disney movies um, from beginning to end, and he went to rewatch Dumbo. I'm like, I'm not watching it. I can't. I literally can't watch that movie. And my mom even said to me, she's like, well, you loved it when you were younger. And I was like, it's depressing. It's horrible. They're so mean. Like, they're so mean to the elephant. Yeah, they the treat like cries. shit. The mom is, like, rocking the elephant to sleep, crying. I'm like, no. No. Uh-uh. Not doing it. Then the no. faceless, the army of faceless black men that put up the circus. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's... Oh, and the crows? Yeah. If yeah. you're going to discuss one, early Disney, you have to address the blatant fucked up racism. Of it. That's yeah. one thing. I feel like one thing you could say about Snow White there's not much in the way of overt racism. There's nothing. There really is nothing. <laughs> but, That's what I was surprised about. I was waiting for some like stupid like blackface or like some racism shit, like or whatever. And I was like, I get it. Why this movie's so timeless is because it's so safe. It's like putting on like twelve safety belts. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so bland that you, there's nothing to get mad about. See, <laughs> right. I disagree. Pretty to look at. Pretty to I look dis- at. That's all. I disagree is. with you because like the dwarves. Now, when Snow White you know, comes upon the house. She says, oh, children must live here. Oh, it's dirty. It's untidy. Their mother must not, they must not have a mother. So then she finds out that they're not children, that they're in fact old men with beards. They're just dwarves. She still continues to treat them and talk to them like children. I know. I think they kind of liked it. I think that was like kind of like the king, uh, like yeah, <laughs> Grumpy's into that shit. Grumpy yeah, Grump- into being humiliated. Grump- yeah, Grumpy was like, "Come on, baby!" Like he's play. I play a little rough ball with you, you know. Yeah, Grumpy's <laughs> other name is Step on My Nuts. That's what. It is. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, there's no way he gets off in normal sex. You got to let Chucky take him in the ball. Grumpy definitely <laughs> likes CBT. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would definitely. I would say the same thing about Doc too. Doc, I think, is secretly gay. There are seven simps. There are seven fun, simps. Fun, <laughs> fun Snow fact. Seven simps. Snow White and the simps. <laughs> fun fact. When I was, uh, when I acted in middle school, I actually played Doc. Nice. <laughs> really? Nice. <laughs> now, did you also, did you play him with a speech impediment and slightly dyslexic? Because that's what I found out he is in Snow White. Rewatching it. I did not play with it. I, I, couldn't tell you I was in sixth grade when we did this, so I sort of forget how I played him. But right. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I felt so bad for this character. And we need—I think we need to discuss the um, the fact that Snow White, despite being you know one of the legendary, obviously Disney princesses, she's also one of the Disney princesses that is the most domesticated somehow. Like she yeah, knows, knows so. everything that you would never, that no <laughs> royalty would ever know how to do. <laughs> She is a stepdaughter, though. That's the thing. So, like, like that lady. This whole movie was like so garbage. Cause I, okay, no offense, but like Snow White is so into um, like her own little world and stuff. Like she, ah, like I can't get over like how <laughs> angry it makes me because like there's so many movies that like where like 
women can do like even going into like the new movies like Moana and stuff like that where you're like oh women can do this from this they were like she was like like she was like I can cook and they're like she can stay and I was yeah. like right bro yeah, first thing she does when she walks in her house is she starts to clean yeah I mean yeah. Yeah. I was Why like she barefoot and pregnant by the end of it, you know. Well, the thing is, all she's men who wrote this. This is literally right. all men who are like, what's the like? They're all simps. They're like, what's the perfect woman? Like, you know, like, <laughs> right. yeah. But in the beginning of the movie, she's barefoot because let's address the fact that she's a princess dressed in rags, and like bare feet, you know, playing around a wishing well, which by the way works in about half a second. She makes a wish, and that prince is already standing there. I'm like. That's I want that wishing well in my backyard. Well, because as we've proven in Disney Universe, princes are just roaming around the woods. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You trying to find an upgrade on Ross? <laughs> well, I'm trying to find an upgrade on me. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not all I would use that wishing well for, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Same here. <laughs> I'd be like, like, why can't be like, can I get new clothes? Like, or like something? Like, please. Right. Like, also, fun fact, do you remember when the um, she turns into the old hag, the queen turns into the old hag, and she kicks the skeleton, she's like, thirsty? And like, kicks that skeleton. Supposedly, there's a lore or something that that's Snow White's father that died. Really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah, the movie I, I that. want to see. Yeah, like him fucking like, can't get water and shit in her dream, like shit, and then Snow White's like, where's my dad? Oh, he went to visit, uh, he's on a business trip. Like some shit like that. He went out for cigarettes. Because I'm not going to lie. He, I bought, he went to buy milk. Yeah. yeah. I love the Wicked Queen. Um, in fact, it was in middle school because that's when I learned that I really loved to write. I actually wrote a backstory for the Wicked Queen because I'm like, this, this bitch is misunderstood. Like, this mm -hmm. is a much better character the, than Snow White. Yeah, the evil queen is, uh, she has some of the best voice acting in the movie. And the magic, yeah, mirror, the magic mirror is pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah. I kept, what? I kept, he, what? what I kept, he, well, I kept he just stood there. The, uh, well, I, I meant more on a visual standpoint. Yeah. True. I, true. I kept wanting the mirror to be like the one in Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> but to just change that, like the, instead of this boring ass dude that's like clearly on Valium, you know, it's like he's like coming out of like an opium high, just in the booth, just like falling asleep, <laughs> like oh. The most fairest of them all is your stepdaughter. Bye. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think the best thing about um the evil queen, aka evil stepmother and the witch, when she turns into the witch, what the voice actress did, Lucille Laverne, to get the old lady voice was she they were like, Oh, we gotta get a second person for the old lady, whatever. And she's like, No, 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 give me five seconds. So she takes her fault her teeth out. And then becomes the old witch. <laughs> like that was her talking without her teeth in. <laughs> what? We brought up Once Upon a Time before. Uh, the evil queen in Once Upon a Time is like a hundred times better character than Snow White in it. Yeah. Yeah, because she has a story. She has like, she's not one dimension like one dimensional like uh, the movie. Because I mean, like like I said in the movie, the villain is the villain no matter what. Like she's just a bad person doesn't do anything else there's no redeeming qualities there's no no relations you're just like bad person good lady funny dwarfs like that's it and that's the thing with disney that i think disney does the best they have the best villains their villains are yeah. great 
And it, unlike with Studio Ghibli, Mike, like we talked about last week, where there really weren't, there were people doing bad things, but they ended up being good at the end. Villains in the Disney universe do not get redeemed. Yeah. They are no. villains. <laughs> no, that's, no, also, I think, so, at least up until probably the Renaissance, like, uh, I would say most of the villains are way too one-dimensional. I don't I think, know. I think, it, I think they work better that way, though. I don't because I I always think villains are better if you can understand where they're coming from with their villainy, sort of. Like if their plan makes sense in some form, even if it's with like fucked up logic, I like it better. Kind of like how Maleficent uh, cursed um, Aurora simply because she wasn't invited to a, a, a baby shower. Yo, Badass. That is on the parents. All the parents had to do was give her an invite. She would have showed up with a gift. And she'd have been. Right. Everyone would have been fine. We could have kept our our spinning wheels, and everyone would have been good. Here's your Maleficent. Here's Maleficent. your for the new baby. Happy, you well, know, happy day for everyone. See you later. Maleficent is a queen. Maleficent is a queen. She needs to keep slaying. How dare they? That's like, imagine going on Instagram and seeing all your cute friends going to brunch together. Fuck you, your daughter's going to sleep forever. Yup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it's, like, see, it's the like ultimate see. petty move, but... It's yeah. great, though. It's, it's yeah. super villainy is what it is. It's such a villain move. See, and I won't Badass. talk too much about it, but I finally did watch Maleficent, the live action with Angelina yeah, Jolie. Yeah, we watched it yesterday. And um, I, that's, that's a much better backstory for Maleficent for sure yeah it's cool what they do with the king and stuff there too like and also Maleficent but I don't like the whole idea like oh Maleficent and Aurora become friends it's like no they're supposed to hate each other like yeah it's you kind of cursed me to die as I was an infant yeah exactly get over that Tyler, Tyler here's your job if I get too drunk by the time we talk about our third movie remind me that I wanted to make a point about that Okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Just make a note of it. <laughs> right, right. Jot that down. In case I and don't remember. Now, now, Mike, if I get too drunk to remember that, you remind me that I have to remember her that, okay? All right, and Ross, if I get too drunk to remember that, you have to remind me. And if I get too drunk, we'll just forget it. <laughs> we might as well just say it now. <laughs> no, what I wanted to say was, and this is what I didn't understand. I mean, I understand why you picked Snow White to talk about. It's the first one. It started everything off. But there's so many better movies to talk about. Get into it. Yes. I don't know. I, I love Cinderella. Um, I've always loved it. I, it is a good movie. Yeah. I, like the, I like the band. The Wicked, Step- <laughs> the Wicked Stepmother. <laughs> She's a little one-dimensional. But I understand her villainry. Like, I don't... It's not justified by any means. Um, but I can kind of, like... I can understand it. She wanted a husband. She wanted to be rich. She wanted the like the good family name and all this other stuff. And there was a daughter in the way that was so much better than the two hags of daughters that she had. Mm-hmm. So she wants to do anything to hold her down once the father is out of the way and, you know, have her two daughters succeed. But so, I mean, like I said, it's not right, but I, I get it. But that's that's got to be my favorite movie of this time period. It's not right. It's not. It's okay. I'm gonna make it anyway. That's what you're trying to say. No, <laughs> not what I was saying. I, uh, so 
with a lot of the early movies, I only tend to like them if they're sort of screwed up in some way and look like a lot of drugs were involved. So you That's love why, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland <laughs> is my favorite early Disney yeah. movie. It's Fantasia, great. It's a good man. one, too. And it looks gorgeous. Like yeah. that, it, it's really a gorgeous... For 1951, it is flat-out gorgeous to look at that movie. Also, it's my second favorite world in the Kingdom Hearts video games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Wait, but real talk, I heard somebody, like, I think... Aerosmith, uh, Steven Tyler used to smoke weed and he'd watch two things. Like he'd get really, really high and then watch um, The Three Stooges or he would watch um, Fantasia. And I think Fantasia is like, if like someone said, what is an LSD trip? Let's put it on film. Like that movie is like, like crazy amount of like, like the artistic, like music and, and all that stuff. Wow. You're just like engulfed. And then what is it? Night at... Bald Mountain is that? Yeah, with the uh, Cherubog or whatever. Well, yeah, with Cherubog in Fantasia, where the devil erupts from a mountain and a bunch of demons are around him, and yeah, Wait a second. And no Tyler, one wakes up. Tyler's <laughs> talking about Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Are he and I long lost best friends? Could be. <laughs> Aerosmith's my all-time favorite band ever. I've yeah, seen them like four times in it, concert when they used to tour. That'll be listed in our divorce proceedings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where to sign, bud. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I had a I had a point I was about to make and I completely forgot. But um, anyway, but yeah, it's 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 kind of weird to like the original like the original run. I guess you'd say is it's either crazy, like acid trippy and great, or it's just kind of like straightforward and shitty. You know? Yeah. There really is no in between with them. That's what. So when we were debating what movies to watch, we were like, we could go with like our three favorites, but if we went with our three favorites, it would have been in a very short period of time from like 1988 to like 1994. <laughs> and, and luckily we didn't pick, for the listener and us, we didn't pick anything from like 1970 until like The Little Mermaid, you know, because it's yeah. all garbage yeah. in that period, just complete trash. <laughs> the Black Cauldron, wink, I mean, wink, the Black, nudge. Wait, The Black like, Cauldron was actually my favorite movie of that period. I in think. that period, really? I'll take that too, because it's metal as hell, and it's kind of like Disney going, you know what? Let's just terrify kids for life. Who cares? You know? It's like, it's a classic feeling of like, dad's not here, okay, Uncle Walt, let's fuck around and fuck this shit up. Like, yeah. But then, God, Mike. Uh, Ross, tell me your opinion on Oliver and Company and Billy Joel. <laughs> we don't have enough time for me to get into that. So okay. we'll, have to, we'll have to leave that for our side podcast. Fuck Billy, Billy Joel. Billy Joel can die in a fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hate the fact that that movie exists simply because someone was like, we need to put Billy Joel in a movie. So they did. <laughs> and that's what you get, which is Oliver and fucking Company. My so mom, that movie can go to hell. My mom, Mike, your aunt Barbara loves that movie she loves so does it. so does my dad kevin who got mentioned for being an up yeah <laughs> it's, it's because she likes when they're dancing to the billy joel song down broadway it's like fun which okay i get it. it's a dance number like ferris bueller does a dance number great super it's it been done better well, that's what I'm saying. and it's, it's not a love letter to new york exactly <laughs> But here we go. Here's a list of let's say I'll just say the garbage period of um, Disney. The dark now, ages. I am yeah. I am hesitant to include 101 Dalmatians because it's it's a fine movie. The animation's kind of shitty, but it's got its own style to it. Mm -hmm. You know. And then you have the Sword and the Stone. 
terrible fucking movie. So and I was fucking not boring. Otherwise. You don't so love what? What? I, what? When I, was little. I love that. When I like, hate that fucking movie. Two Bermuda. That's that that movie is a perfect example of Disney having five minutes of a story and then having an hour and a half of just fucking around. And it's really? it's Newt becoming various different things because Merlin's a psycho, you know. First of all, Ross. First of all, Ross. It's Wart. It's Wart. Not. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, get, I forgot get that. Highborn name. Of wait, 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 wait. Can we can we discuss that Wart is a step below Hiccup, which we had discussed in DreamWorks? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. But I would say a step above Wyborn. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Tyler, it sounds like since you're a fan, I, I'm drawing a blank. The the older brother is it K? The older I think it was Ward's older brother K. I went to high school with that dude. Like not like the, the guy who voiced him, him. Oh. but there is a oh. there was a guy I went to high school with. And it was that guy. It was that Carrie. Guy. How old are you, Carrie? No, 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 no. <laughs> not the same time period, just the same character. Right. Yeah, that's a little bit before our time. Right. But so okay, then we have Jungle Book. Jungle Book is fine. It's not for me, but I recognize it as the Jungle Book. You know, it's okay. Um, then we have the Aristocats in 1970, Robin Hood in 73. People will say good that's movie. a good movie, but it's not. I like the Aristocats though. <laughs> what world am I living in, man? Then we have Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is that like those three Winnie the Pooh stories kind of like put together as an actual movie. Um, that's in 77. Rescuers in 77. Fox and the Hound in 81, which I'll give for uh, introducing Kurt Russell to the Disney universe, maybe. No, wait, that was True. Computer War Tennis Shoes, I think. No, and it then was, it was, that's what I thought too, yeah, it was yeah. like uh, Swiss Family Robinson or Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. He was like the kid in one of the really early live action movies. Well, then I'll adjust well, it. It's, give it credit for keeping Kurt Russell in the Disney universe then. <laughs> well, fun fact, Kurt Russell, th this is true. I, you could look it up. Walt Disney's last words before he died and like was snapped like Thanos snapped. He was like, he said, Kurt Russell. And everyone right. was like, what? And he died. And like, right. that was it. Imagine like, that so creepy. Yeah. Also, imagine also, being Kurt Russell in here and that. <laughs> we, also, like, what? <laughs> we also established that Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze were the same person. Right. <laughs> Patrick Swayze was raised at the beach and Kurt Russell was raised on like a farm. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Then we have an 85 way Black Cauldron, 86 Great Mouse Detective, 88 Good movie. The mo 88 the movie we do not speak of starring Billy Joel. And then in 89 is when it begins with The Little Mermaid. And that's when they get their shit back together. <laughs> and I would say get it together better than any other period. The 90s, Ever. The oh, yeah. 90s is the best part of Disney. It yeah. is insane how good that run is. Because it's Little Mermaid, then you just take a sequel for the rescues that rescuers down under because Jeffrey Katzenberg. How did the rescuers get the the uh, sequel that actually made it to theaters. That was, that's that. a fucking depressing movie. It's Jeffrey Katzenberg. He's a moron. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, yes. So depressing. Yeah, and then there's Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame. You forgot Hercules, Mulan. Mulan. <laughs> Tarzan. Fantasia 2000 and then Dinosaur. So Fantasia 2000 on New Year's Day of 2000 ends is start of the next wave of terrible. Can we can we talk can we talk about dinosaur? What the fuck is that movie? It's a <laughs> it's a bad Windows 98 screensaver. It really is. Basically. It's god awful. The uh, the animation, I guess you can credit it for being 
I guess, sort of groundbreaking for being all CGI computer generated, but it didn't need to be. Was it, it Toy Story that? Well, for Disney, oh. like not for Pixar. But yeah, um, that's their first fully by themselves. It's, yeah, it's Disney's first operation okay. with that. But that movie is so bad. But it's it's at least it has two one thing going for it: the fact that it has two extinction level events in it, <laughs> one to start the movie and then one to almost end the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that reminded me when uh, making the comparison to Pixar and Disney, and I will say this: I have listened to the Pixar episode of this podcast two or three times. It so was you're from the Pixar episode is my favorite episode to date. Yeah. Um, although when you were talking about the, like the Jack Nicholson episode and the Keanu case episode and how many like listens you have, I'm not going to lie. I'm responsible for like three or four for myself so you know like maybe deduct a couple from the total no it tells a so on anchor it tells you like in the if you're listening it to the same way on the same account it doesn't count you as another listen that's and that's also why they had to have me on this podcast again because i'm their first and although maybe not still only super fan so uh, tyler has listened to every episode i do i do yeah. it's my asmr when i go to sleep i like the voice like the sound of mike's voice sitting in sleep wow <laughs> there you go mike you can put that one on your wall mike has been very down on himself about his voice this whole time so yeah somebody is like, it puts me to sleep it puts me to sleep Listen, yeah. listen, guys, this this has been fun. I have to go on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I draw the line. Yeah, this, is, this is the woman that lives with me, and that's really what put her over. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so I guess yeah. To, get, to get back to Snow White, it's yeah. really my whole issue with early Disney. <laughs> and it's, I find them all, they're either bizarre or boring. Here's the thing, and yeah. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. Like, yes, most of early Disney, but I'm going to go back to Cinderella, and that takes me back to the point of the comparison I was going to make between Pixar and, and Disney animation is, you know, you guys talked about Pixar and Up and how, and I'm going to uh, make a quick correction. Ross said that, oh, that's when my wife teared up in the movie Up. No, I lost it. I was bawling like a baby when she was flipping Amen, through the- sister. Yeah, thank you. Um, when, when he was flipping through the book and it says um, at the very end where she said, okay, now go. Go have your own journey. Go have your own journey. I was like, because <laughs> the whole time I'm sitting through the movie, I'm like, I knew the wife was going to die. You're not going to get me this time, Pixar. You're not going to get me. You've gotten me to cry at every other friggin' movie. Not this one. I know I what's like coming. That. And then they like, hit me with that line, and I cried. But I feel like that's a first date. That, like you gotta have them watch up, and if they don't cry, take them to the curb. It's a yeah, exactly. There's no way. Um, but the thing is, is and Pixar will do that. Where Pixar will, it'll choke you up, and you're like, oh, like oh, that's so beautiful. But with Disney, there's a lot of Disney movies that are like, you know, where they'll hit that moment where you're like, oh, what, like where there's some kind of twist and Cinderella is the start of that. Like Cinderella, you know, you get to the end, it's the climactic part of the movie where the, you know, Cinderella comes down, she's going to try on the slipper. The stepmother trips the Duke, he trips it, the slipper breaks and she goes, Oh, but wait a second. I have the other slipper. And like, I can, 
for the rest of my life, I'll be able to hear her voice when she says that. Cause that's where it kind of started off. Like, Oh, wait a second. And then it's kind of like, and if you want another example, cause there's a million of them, but just to give you another one, like Moana, where all of a sudden she's like, okay. She's like, I got the heart. I'm returning it. And wait a second. Um, Tafiti's not here. Oh, Taka is Tafiti. What? Like it's Disney will do that to you. Whereas Pixar like hits you with like the gut punch of the beautiful moment. Well, that's because no one at Pixar truly is able to live until they consume the tears of the viewer. That's true. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Pixar, they have a kink for people crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every every theater that shows a Pixar movie, there's a Pixar employee that worked on that movie in the back of the theater just waiting and, like, jerking off. Okay. He's they the one licking. Unless tears flow. <laughs> He's the one who's consistently licking his lips. And right, I said exactly. he, because it's definitely a guy who's uh, doing some weird shit back there. It is absolutely. Is it weird that I want a movie about that guy? No? <laughs> yeah. It's called like make, 8 millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll make you cry. And they'll, if it was made by Pixar, it'll make you cry. And be like, he can't jerk off in public anymore. Like, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They put him in jail. Why? Wait, no, no, no. All Ima- he wanted to do was come. Imagine that. Imagine that it wasn't that they put him in jail. The reason he can't do it in public anymore. It was because COVID shut down theaters. <laughs> he's, he's crying outside of a closed empty theater, just jerking off, crying. Yeah. If that was if that was a Pixar no, if, if that was a Pixar movie, it would be told from the point of view of the sperm. <laughs> and it'll be with other sperms it'd be like toy story we're like come on guys we gotta reach the head like no that's and, where you go inside out exactly style. that's exactly wait i'm at so imagine it was like, we're not gonna make it he's I mean, going soft wait only one sperm makes it so imagine it was like a fight cl- so like it starts off friendly and then they're all fighting to the death <laughs> <laughs> who gets to the who gets to the egg? Now, the trick, though, is if you're going to make that a Disney movie, you have to make that the beginning of the movie, and you have to make that, like, the death of the dad or something. Like, yeah, that's right. how you have to start wait, this movie. The big, the big kicker is the guy's jerking off, so there is no egg. They just, they're, like, all dead. Right. <laughs> right. Just, right. Yeah. Just the, the floor. <laughs> 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 and they're like, tell my story. And like, they all die or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and for some reason, like, part of your world is playing, like, while it's happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, like, you got a friend, something so, like, you got a friend of me. So it's like, zoom out, them, like, dead. And it's like, da 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 <laughs> and that and that guy is Andy's dad from Toy Story. <laughs> exactly. Wait, no, no, it would be. The way you make this movie so much creepier is you go Osmosis Jones style, where there's partially some animation or some real life to it. <laughs> oh, so they all they they all come out and like you see them all dying, and then you just zoom out and it's just Zach Galifianakis sitting there. Oh wait, no, it'll be Nicolas Cage because Nicolas Cage might accept the role. <laughs> Now that's Speak, that's where that that would be wild. Speaking, speaking of eight millimeter, <laughs> so, so but, but it's with Snow White, and I guess because we mentioned part of your world, we can mention the music, which is obviously Disney's other legendary contribution to animated films. Uh, all all of their music is timeless and will go down forever as some of the greatest songs ever put in the film. Even even what a. Uh, 
Even their most racist movie had is it Zippity Doodah in that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Song of the South. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. But then there's with this one, there's Whistle While You Work and Hi Ho, Hi Ho, Off the Work We Go, all that. It's these are all songs that like when you hear them now, people just start singing it randomly while they're working, you know? Yeah. They might not necessarily have even heard seen Snow White, but they've heard the song. And it's the other two movies that we're gonna talk about with Aladdin and Frozen are billion dollar Grammy winning all-time soundtracks as well <laughs> exactly i think they just that's the one thing with the quality of the animation even though it started off in 1937 it started off great it does obviously get better with technology but i think the songs get in, incrementally better as well until oliver and company when they just completely shit the bed <laughs> now i the Ooh. next movie we're talking about has probably my favorite song in disney which one well, I, there's actually two of them, and I like them for dis different reasons. So, A Whole New World, I think, is genuinely, like, an amazing song. Yeah. And yeah. then Prince Ali and Friend Like Me. Yeah. Just Robin Williams going, like, just doing what Robin Williams does. Yeah. There's so much fun. It's catchy. It's catchy. Like, but it's, think, like, one of the I, catchiest songs ever. I think A Friend Like Me is probably the most fun Disney song in my mind. It like, yeah. It's, it's really great. And... Because we just recently, and obviously I've mentioned this numerous times, El, our daughter Robin is putting us through the various repetitions. She's trying to, she's conducting a little psychological experiment, I think, on how many times we can watch <laughs> one movie and or like multiple times before either of us crack. And right now it's, it's, she's volleying back and forth between the merman and the lion man, which is Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. And I, okay, I so can it's hear, not Aquaman? It's not Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> Little Mermaid is essentially Aquaman, so I'm going to take it. <laughs> but I, I can hear part of your world endlessly and never get tired of it. I love that song. It's so good. And side note, <laughs> her birthday is a week from tomorrow, and I bought her presents two weeks ago because, and you know, based on her, like, three favorite Disney movies, and then, you know, Ross got sick of watching said Disney movies, switched it up on me, introduced new movies, and now she likes, she's obsessed with new movies, and I have old toys. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the one that did this. Thing. I was like, I'm going to put on <laughs> Little Mermaid see if she likes it, and since there's a shark in the beginning, she loves it. Oh, love sharks. <laughs> but I will say this, though, is I was, before I had Robin, I was babysitting, I was babysitting my friend's kids, and they um, didn't have, they didn't, they went cableless, uh, and so the kids were watching Netflix, they had the, these little shows they liked on Netflix, and I'm watching this one show, and the kids are sitting there staring at it, it's keeping them entertained, and I'm watching, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching, and so I took a video of it, and I sent it to Ross, because it was like these little characters going, let's not fight, let's not fight, let's not, like over and over again, and like how to like play nice, well, so I sent, a, I sent a video of it to Ross with my cell phone because I can't react because the kids like it. And he's like, listen, I, I watched the video you just texted me. And it was not only me, but also our cats. Everyone in this house rage pooped over this, <laughs> watching this video. He's like, I can't. I'm like, how do you think I feel? I'm sitting here watching it. So Robin watching the Disney movies over and over again. There are movies I can watch over and over again. I'll take it. I'm That's happy like, with that. When I have a kid, I hope he can watch Harry Potter one over and over again. That's that's something I could get behind. <laughs> Honestly, that might be one of the next I or one of the live action movies I introduced to her first. 
No, be like, careful how with be- the, uh, cause I was four when Harry Potter one came out and we saw it in theaters and the scene where Voldemort's on the back of his head and is like, Yo, Oh, fuck that. that. That scarred me when I was four for a little bit. <laughs> Bro, I screamed when I saw it. It was on this thing called ABC Family. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, well, obviously, I saw I said when I was like six, I was like, what the frick is this? I was like, what the hell is this? Voldemort, the person on the back of his head. And I was like, like my, it took my mom 45 minutes. She, she always tell me, 45 minutes to calm me down because I was scream crying for like that, for that long. That's like, so that's included in the, we uh, talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And that's in, and uh, the scene where Judge Doom turns into a tune. Those scenes are both in the same like way. These movies are for kids, but fuck that part. Yeah, man. <laughs> now, Mike, that kind of goes against family tradition, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, and for listeners, in case you forgot, Ross is my husband, but Mike is actually my first cousin. When I was little, when I was three, <laughs> my favorite movie was Jaws. Now, Alex, when she, I can't remember if she was three or four was obsessed watched it over and over again jurassic park i love Jurassic Park. loved it like but as a three or four year old and you're watching a t-rex bite a guy in half and yeah, swing him around i'm oh, honest, i watched jurassic park before and that i watched jurassic park when i was little and that did not scar me and to tell you the truth <laughs> that's the other one besides harry potter one i'm thinking about showing that one to robin she loves dinosaurs so much and i'll be damned if i show her the land before time <laughs> Because I love oh, the before I time as a kid. They were, too, my, too. they were my favorite movies as a little kid. I loved them too as a kid, but they're so, so sad. Like the mom dies well, and then they get separated from the grandparents with the earthquake. No, I can't. I, I don't want to watch it, so she can't watch it. <laughs> That's the rule in this <laughs> Wonderful. Um, also, you guys started talking about Aladdin. And as your super fan, I have to tell you, it's you should have done your beer check-in before. We you... didn't start talking about Aladdin. It just kind of came up. No, you started talking about it. You know what? You're about to be muted. You can't live with him. <laughs> <laughs> but, so there's, there is one thing that I think we need to talk about with Snow White, and that is the, the fact that the dwarves are blood diamond miners, and Sleepy is clearly a liability in that mine. He's got to oh, be yeah. a liability. What about Toby? What about Dopey? Dopey's definitely a What about Sneezy? What about Sneezy, man? They're, they are all just liabilities for this mine. So I don't know who they're getting them for. They, it's not for themselves. They live in damn near squalor. So there's got to be some insurance company out there that's like, wait a minute. Whoa. Who do you have working in these mines? What's going on here? <laughs> also, can you guys explain to me the, the dwarves being um, side effects of drugs, like that whole theory because there are some dwarves that that's not Wait, what? Of drugs you never heard that what do you mean side effects of drugs like um or the all the all the dwarves their characteristics come from like what happens when you come oh. down off of drugs or some stupid no like they that. i can see what it is they all have they're all named after some aspect of what a certain drugs will do to you like grumpy you could say alcohol or you could say Sleepy's oh. weed, or you could say uh, Doc is, I don't know, LSD because it elevates your mind or something. But if they don't have, you know, like um, 
like twitchy. There's no meth dwarf, you know. There's there's no there's no ravey where he's on nothing but MDMA, MDMA or anything, you know. He's not sucking on a pacifier. In the uh, and then this is crocodile. He's on crocodile. Right, he's on crocodile. This, there's K hole over here. He's on special K on ketamine. We can never get him to come down. There's beefy, just the gym meathead, the guy who's always lifting mm-hmm. weights and, and drinking protein shakes and shit. This this is way. <laughs> protein shakes. He does, well, he does. I feel like steroids. Steroids would have been the obvious choice for that, not just protein shakes. Ragey. <laughs> Ragey. I mean, that's one thing that a lot of people, like everybody talks about with the with the dwarves. And I was like, but I just, I don't, I didn't get it because I thought it was the um, after effects of like withdrawal. Like, I think that was one theory I heard. Yeah, and I, mean, I was like. They all, they all can, you can track that. It. You can track But it. you know what it is? You know what, like, theories like that? That's like trying to make an a boring movie entertaining like exactly because it's like exactly. it's from the 37 and, and 37 people would like watch paint try and be like start clapping when it like reach a certain point like that's how entertaining like things were back then and yeah. then now like uh like a movie like this and stuff like that people are like this movie's so boring what if it was all drugs it's like oh that's genius like well because he was so a method or something yeah, we, exactly. we, we ripped on pinocchio and there's a lot wrong with pinocchio but it's one of my favorite early Disney movies because holy shit, the abject horror stands out. That goes off really the deep does. end. That's, that goes off the deep end. So I think child that, trafficking, man. Child trafficking. Yeah, that, man. Yeah. So I, I think that's something that with Disney movies that I need. There's a level of abject horror to it. Yeah. And <laughs> and some of the like the some of the better ones or the more memorable ones do at least have that extra step when you look at it like as a kid you're like oh yeah he's a talking doll he's fun there's a little cricket but then when you get older and you look back at it you go oh wait a minute there's something else going on here oh the the life lessons in it like you know whereas like the lesson you know where it's like hey the way pinocchio learns his lessons i'm like yeah okay whoa and most of the original princesses it essentially does come down to you need a man to love you to be worth it (laughs) and that's it's obviously wrong and it's stupid, but in 1937, it's exactly how society thought. But know? that classic scene where his fists turn into hooves and then oh, you see yeah. a shadow of him be like, <laughs> like that. It's like, what the? F-? Yeah. Like you're, but, like you're terrified. Like, like but oh. the <laughs> level of terrified that you are with that, that's what makes it like, yeah. that's what makes it stand out among an era that I consider to have a lot of bland movies. Yes. Yeah, like, true. not, I'm not going to say bad movies, but bland movies. They're boring. They are. They're boring. And that's, we, need, we need more movies that scare children. Like, we need more movies out there that, like, not like, I'm not saying, like, have, like, someone die on screen by, like, having a knife plunge through the chest or, like, a horror film. Yeah, but, like, every, scary, like, Pinocchio scary. Like, yeah. that type of stuff. Every child should see Who Framed Roger Rabbit by the time they're six. Yes. So they could be a little scarred. You gotta let yeah, go maybe, Judge Doom, dude. And, it was scary to me too, but you gotta you gotta move past it at some point. I'm gonna be honest, I rewatched it for the podcast. It's still a weird fucking scene. So now it started all over again. The traumatization started all over. Those six year olds might be scared, but they might also be a little horny at the end of that one. So Yeah, that's true. There is a fine line that you do run with that. But all right, so I will ask this because it's gonna come up when we talk about Frozen. Have you guys seen Midsummer? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No. Oh, yeah, Carrie has not seen it, but I I showed you the part that I'm going to be talking about. Yes, you did. With the pie. You all remember the pie. Oh. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, now, yeah. In, I think they stole that 
from Family Guy too because they did that same bit. In you're eating hair. You're eating hair. So in Snow White, at one point, Grumpy says it's apple pies that makes the men's mouth folks water. The men folks mouth water. Snow White is making him a pie. Now, because we've established that Snow White obviously has this infantilization fetish with these Wait guys. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Ross. That wasn't Scrumpy that said that. That was the old hag that said that. Oh, you're right. I apologize. You're right. But wow. it's it goes, it does, it's the same, <laughs> the same thing here. So that's been established. That's strike that. two, man. That's strike two. First was Newt. Now what's this? Come on, man. You're only one more away. Was oh, I'm sorry. Favorite? I'm missing the the fine details of the shittier <laughs> aspects of Disney movies. Oh, my bad. <laughs> 80-year-old Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but So, okay. So the witch says that about the pies. Now, Snow White is making one for Grumpy. We are clearly shown that she has this infantilization fetish for these dudes. She treats them like children. Grumpy likes to be humiliated. I contend that what she is making for Grumpy is a midsummer pie with her pubes in it. <laughs> and he is into that shit. <laughs> so, on that note, <laughs> we can transfer into our first beer check if we want to. <laughs> as I lay silent, as I lay silent, I can say I agree. Snow White definitely cut her pubes and gave it to Grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> There's, a, there's so a side gonna, of Snow White that we just don't see, and it's the gang bang. Exactly, exactly. By the way, I'm, I'm really I'm glad so. you haven't noticed what's in your beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, my right. beer's a lot redder than I notice. So. His but, eyes get really wide and shit. He's like just staying there like this for a little right. bit. Like um, there, There's a weird <laughs> hollowed out bear in the corner. Should I be worried? Yeah, right. I should be worried, shouldn't I? There's there's so much I mean and and the thing is with the earlier Disney movies you can talk for hours I mean there's different because tonight we might well no but because like, I mean, the song in the South like there's there's racism in Peter Pan there's there's um so much to be said but there are some really good early Disney movies um, Lady and the Tramp is is good I I I still enjoy that one. That is um, my mom and all of her siblings' favorite Disney movie for some reason. It's not, it's it's not my favorite, but I can see some really good qualities in it. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely enjoy it more than a lot of other early Disney movies. Obviously, I have a problem with early Disney to some level. I think everybody does, yeah. And since we are going to, and since we are talking about Disney and we are going to get into the Disney princesses, and she's not a Disney princess, but like Wendy from Peter and from Peter Pan, if you really, if you really think about it, like the depth of that character is, is pretty, is pretty amazing because she shows like the best part, like the best quality and the worst quality that most women have. Like she, in for 50% of that character is nurturing, loving, taking care of the lost boys. The other one Ooh. is a jealous, raging bitch. And it's like, it, it, because with Tiger Lily and, mm-hmm. you know, she gets very jealous of her and Tinkerbell. And it's like, now in all wait, Tinkerbell be, is a full-blown sociopath. She should yeah, be Yeah, Tinkerbell is fucking, yeah. Tinkerbell, yeah, Tinker, yeah. That's, Tinkerbell cut you and she, she Tinkerbell would, yeah. is, Tinkerbell's a serial killer. She, she has bodies somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. She's got people in her little tree basement. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> I mean, um, Peter Pan's kind of a sociopath, too. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's got a lot of issues yeah. going on. But like Hank is the enforcer. <laughs> but that movie, aside from the song, What Makes the Red Man Red, yeah, which is not great. very uncomfortable. But a lot of that movie is good. The Jungle Book is good. There's, you know, I, mean, I like the Aristocats and a lot of these movies, I, for whatever, like, even though I don't enjoy them now, I really enjoyed them as a kid. And that's who yeah. the audience is. One thing yeah. I will say with the Jungle Definitely. Book, is it has the distinction of having the live action remake that's actually worth watching. Is it, I haven't seen it. I do is like that live action remake. Yes, Mike, except 110%. for Ka, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't like Scarlett Johansson as Ka. Why? Why? I was feeling some type of way in theater. I, like, I was feeling some I don't type know. of way, man. I, felt, I guess Tyler, I was so... is, it, is it your girlfriend that hates Scarlett Johansson? Yes, she hates Scarlett Johansson. Like I tell, I, in the Pixar podcast, I said that when she died in Endgame, spoilers. But it, when she died in Endgame, and like her head, her head was crushed on the pavement. My girlfriend clapped like when like she clapped as if it was Captain America holding uh, Thor's hammer. Like that was her it. moment. I mean, I yeah. don't hate the Scar- Scarlett Johansson, but I respect her for you know. Yeah, my that. girlfriend hates her. I'm, I did like. The best news that my girlfriend heard was when they delayed Black Widow, like the new movie, because she hates ScarJo that much. She was like, "Yes, finally, you're not. Ha- you don't have to take you that awful movie. Yeah, but <laughs> you didn't you even watch what? it yet." I respect the, you know, the the and and no offense to your girlfriend because this this is meant as a compliment. The slight sickness of her because it's kind of <laughs> like when I went when I went on a first date to see Three Hundred in the movie theater. And at one, and I was like, okay, I don't see the greatness of this movie. And and at one point, a head gets cut off, and the head is spinning in the air. Uh, this si- the theater was silent, and I was hysterical, out loud laughing because I was like, look at the face on the spinning head. <laughs> and it's so I respect it. I respect that. Oh, I respect slightly that. I'm sure off, she will. I'm sure slightly she will. off topic. Ross, was it with you? I was talking about big fat liar. Uh, I don't think so. Because I rewatched that. That was on TV, and that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I realized, uh, oh, God, what's her name? The girl in Terry in Final Destination is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the greatest greatest on-screen death of all time. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, wait, Tyler, did we lose you? I got, you got me. I don't know how my video just that turned off. Just, all of a sudden, Tyler's was like professional business headshot popped up. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, we found yeah. out why no one's Ty- hiring you. Tyler's, <laughs> trying, Tyler's <laughs> trying to add us on LinkedIn right now. Take, take it was a picture crazy. of yourself now. Replace it with that picture because it was horrifying. <laughs> you'll get a job. But I, I'm like, I think it was just the jarring nature of it suddenly appearing. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe it was surprising. Super fake, bright smile that I'm having. Like, I'm like, oh, like yeah. I honestly thought you were trying to sell me insurance for a second. I really <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. But, like that. So, all right. So that's the first. That's that's uh, enough about Snow White and how much we hate it. Let's move on to stuff we do like. So why don't we do our Fuck first Snow White. Fuck <laughs> Snow White. Tyler with the nail in Snow White's coffin. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tyler, how's your, uh, how's your beer doing? All right. I had two already. I had Current Abyss or whatever it's called. Excuse me, two of those. Now I'm going on to... Uh, if you didn't know this, um, the funniest shit I've ever seen, uh, the scientist, he turned himself into a pickle. You gotta see this shit, man. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm going with Wubba Lubba Dub Double IPA. 
I like it. Is that Rick and, so is the Rick and Morty, Morty one? <laughs> yeah. It's a cartoon, and Justin Roiland guest starred on Gravity Falls, which is on the Disney Channel. So I covered all my bases. Nice. So, and this is by Departed Souls in Jersey City, New Jersey. I had them on the uh, Jack Nicholson one. I had their uh, hey. crooner one or whatever it was. Am I the only one that has only one beer? <laughs> I don't know. My wife has a move to grab her second one. Well, that's because my <laughs> I have a backpack. Then... Oh. Oh. oh, very nice. Uh, it's cooler. called Shitty Coolers. Yes. Like it. <laughs> Get that a what? shitty walk? <laughs> <laughs> the shitty sushi? <laughs> <laughs> my, well, I... No, I haven't moved on to my second beer, and in all fairness, mine was 11.9%. And honestly, during uh, the first sip was good. I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty smooth. The second sip, I was like, oh, no, fuck this beer. I've got to switch. And then I was like, all right, let me just keep going because I'm enjoying talking about whatever we were talking about at that moment. And um, I ended up finishing it. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to grab my second beer, which I can't remember what it is. So come back to me because I'm going to go pee and grab my second beer. I will do that, Mike. How about you? <laughs> um, I'm really enjoying this. I'm usually – so double IPAs, I always find a little bit like have an aftertaste usually. This one doesn't, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a – to reminder, it's Twin Lights for or it's Twin Lights Brewing, and it's Mad Visionary. And they're oh. in Atlantic Highlands, I want to say. Nice. Yeah, I have uh, – my Marvel roast was delicious. Highly recommended from Founders, but – all right, I've gone back to local, and I have gone back to our for my frequent go-to, which is Ship Bottom Brewery, and hey. I am drinking I am drinking their Mermaid Blonde Ale. Now I I considered getting that. <laughs> yep. Now Mermaid, obviously, because of the Lion King. No, of Little Mermaid, <laughs> and it's unfortunate though because she is blonde, so it's one of Ariel's sisters. But it's not quite aerial, but it's uh, obviously it's mermaid blonde ale, and it's five per five percent, and it is delicious, like all of their offerings. So that's what I have moved on to, and my wife has now gotten her second beer. Like correction, this is from uh, Hackensack, New Jersey, not Atlantic oh, nice. Islands. Nice. Mine, I I did want to. I have a beer that's from New Jersey. Um, it also went with Snow White, but again. Could not move on to my second one because the first one was very, very strong. Uh, so the second one is called Fog Monster, and it's from the Rusty Rail Brewing Company. It's a New England-style IPA, 6.8%. Uh, what is it with me in the high percentages? It is from <laughs> let's see, Rusty Rail Brewing Company, Mifflinburg, PA. So it's not New Jersey, but it's still somewhat local. Um like I said, I had to skip my other one, um, but it's very, I picked it because it's a blue can. It's got like this like swirling fog. It's very mystical, magical, and it kind of goes with the next two movies. So that's why I picked this one. Kind of got like a Cave of Wonders kind of feel to it. Yeah, Cave of Wonders and also like frozen magic. Yeah, it's like Elsa's yeah. like snow magic. The yeah. snowstorm at the end, yeah. So... Now that we've caught up with that, we are moving on to 1992's Aladdin. In my opinion, the greatest Disney movie ever made. I agree with that. Aladdin <laughs> is my all-time favorite Disney movie. It's the movie. best. And it's directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. Now, these two dudes are like a pair. If you're going to have a Disney mm -hmm. movie, these dudes are paired together. Now, their credits are The Little Mermaid, Hercules, Princess and the Frog, Treasure Planet, and Moana. So these guys have a pretty great track record. 
Yeah, um, and I would say Princess and the Frog and Moana would be like some of my top two favorite modern yeah. Disney movies. And yeah, they're I, all, I would... and they're Good, all though. like they're all like uniquely different Disney movies. Like like going from like Hercules and like Aladdin, yeah, you could say whatever. But like Princess and the Frog, it's not anything similar to like Aladdin. And mm-hmm. like even Moana, like the new movie that just came out, like yeah, you could say like oh, it has like a genie type character. But overall, like. That is like an originally different movie compared to their other works. Oh, yeah. Also, since we brought up Princess and the Frog, we got to bring up Keith David for the <laughs> third time in a row. Oh, God. <laughs> he's doing an episode. Yeah. <laughs> he's Dr. Fassler, which is honestly, he's one of my uh, friend, uh, friends on the other side, I think is an awesome. Uh, that, yeah. Are and, you ready? Sorry. And I just The think, music portion has started. The musical portion has started. I... <laughs> But his voice is so good, and Dr. Fassler is, I would say, is probably my favorite modern Disney villain. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. He's, he's not bad. Right next um, to the bowler hat guy, classic villain in Meet the oh, Robinsons. Oh, I like that guy, Goob. No, 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 he's awful. I'm being sarcastic. Oh, <laughs> oh I like that movie. That's from Meet the Rob. In case the listeners don't know, that's from Meet the Robinsons, which um, Rob Thomas does the song for. I used to rock my daughter to sleep. I do like that song, Little Wonders. Con- you're talking about Little Wonders. Yeah. yeah, I used to play it all the time for my daughter when she was an infant. To uh, I do like that song. She was crying. Also, yeah. in terms of modern Disney villains, I really like Jermaine Clement as Tamatella in Moana. Right. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. He, he's not near, like, he's only a minor villain. He's not a major villain. Anyway. You know, if I had a cool to make an accent, you'd help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, would say, I would say, if anything, I would say modern, if I'm going to go for modern villains, it's probably going to be, um, uh shit why am i blanking on her it's um tangled mom not mom tangled mother gothel mother i was completely blanking on that yeah okay for one a tyler if you're gonna keep hitting those high c's buddy you gotta back up off that microphone <laughs> <laughs> you are popping the shit out of that thing man <laughs> I didn't even when she fell out the window robin used to watch that movie and go bye-bye yeah like it was so Sick and twisted and dark. We were so proud of her. So proud. So proud. So that is, you brought it up with uh, when you were comparing it to Ghibli. Disney's like, oh no, these people are bad and they deserve to die. They yep. will die. They will die in front of you. Ghibli. And you will, you will like it. <laughs> you will watch this guy who's just there to hunt some things hang. <laughs> now, of course, obviously, since we're talking about Aladdin, we need to just right off the bat, let's talk about Robin Williams. R.I.P. Yeah. He was amazing. And in this, He's phenomenal. Absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Oh my god, he's so good. I really want to read his book. Um, the the book his uh the biography that came out about him. Um because he's he, he was amazing and through the things that he struggled with, it yeah, it's it's unbelievable how funny he was and how talented and how happy he made other people when he was struggling with so much within it's it's crazy when he was filming this movie steven spielberg was filming schindler's list and he used to call robin williams up and robin williams would like over speakerphone talk to the cast and just basically crack jokes and have them laughing like to keep spirits high on that movie (laughs) yeah and most of the stuff that he used in those little bits he used in aladdin now you guys You guys know the whole story about um, Robert Williams' relationship with Disney after this movie came out. Like, yeah, how, yeah. Like, when, 
totally they fucked him over. You know they bought him a Picasso painting as like an apology. Like I, I'm talking about like a five million dollar Picasso painting. They sent to his house, and he was like, "Fuck this," and put it up in his bathroom. Yeah, because they did everything he didn't want them to do, which was use exactly. him as a promotional tool, and mm-hmm. they did it all. And he was like, "Well, then you get then you get Dan Castellaneta for your follow up movie. <laughs> you get Homer that? Simpson. Yeah, Homer yeah. Simpson. Yeah, fucking Homer movie. Simpson. Yeah, which is horrible because didn't you talk about you talked about him in one of your early earlier episodes? Matt Damon. Was it Matt Damon or was it? the joker because they were they used him as like they yeah, bait, they, they did the bait and switch they baited him to be able to get jack nicholson so but yeah it was and warner brothers had they had to like submit a formal apology to him right yeah essentially mm-hmm. yeah super yeah, wait what is did. this when wait, what is that? when in batman 89 when they when warner brothers was trying to court uh jack nicholson to be the joker he didn't initially want to do it so really what they did was they went to Robin Williams and were like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to get you on board. We're going to have a great time. And then they were kind of like, hey, Jack, Robin Williams is going to do it. And Nicholson was like, well, maybe I'm intrigued now. And then they were like, oh, well, if you're intrigued enough, why don't you just do it? And he was like, oh, okay. And then they were like, all right, thanks, Robin. You've done your job. <laughs> you know, you've. What? This poor guy. This, he's been yeah. fucked up by two major companies. Like, yeah. Tyler, but... Tyler, I, I, wait, there back. was, an, there was another one, too. Yeah, go back and listen to the Jack Nicholson episode, Tyler. Um, I just beat you as who's a bigger fan of this podcast. I definitely fell asleep at that part because Mike just sued me to sleep. Like within five minutes, him going like, "What's up, everyone?" I'm like, "Down." I'm like, "I get it." You know what? At Thanksgiving, everybody falls asleep at the table as soon as Mike starts talking. Every year, every goddamn year, we bring up we bring up Will Chamberlain stats, and then Mike just starts going off, and I'm just like. Like off, like I'm off. Mike is famously known as Human Ambien. <laughs> he's just nodding right now. Nobody can say, it, but he's just nodding. Like, yeah, that's, true. that's exactly right. Like everyone always says that. <laughs> you know? For clarification, no one has ever said yeah. that until Tyler no, said that. Quite frankly, if you get into an argument with me, I will get very loud and it will be very hard to fall asleep. You don't even yes. need to be in an argument. You can just be talking <laughs> in a room with him. That's true. <laughs> or the funny thing is, the little known fact about Mike that Mike probably doesn't even want to admit, he can't fall asleep to his own thoughts either. It's it, They're just that loud. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. no. I haven't slept in about 84 hours. <laughs> but and and I have to say this, and I and I've been dying to say this ever since I was on, you know, all the episodes I've listened to since the last one I was on. Since Sandy, you've been holding this since. I've been holding. Well, no, it's been building since oh, Sandy. It's okay. been building. Okay, the so rage. Get it's it building. Get it out. Spit it out. Ricochet, Power Man Five Thousand, Keanu, and let's see, I'm missing one, but Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Jared Leto. We hate Jared Leto. We hate Holly Hunter. That was more recent. Um, Nicholas Cage yeah. usually gets brought up. <laughs> yeah, just mm-hmm. wanted to get those out of the way. And of course, Chef Bob Brewery. So we have nailed all of our touchstones in the Disney one. But wait, I have to bring up Power Man Five Thousand. That that's right. out of the yeah, way. You're right. <laughs> Epic fail on my part. <laughs> yeah, anybody can bring up Keanu, but Mike has to bring up Power Man. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, to get back to Aladdin, <laughs> we need obviously Robin Williams is legendary, but there is a guy in all of these, at least in the best Disney movies in the 90s run. And my wife is now shaking her head, putting her hands over her face because she hates when I talk you're about ups- this dude. You're obsessed. I love him, man. It's Fra- an obsession. Frank Welker. 
Now, people that aren't familiar with Frank Welker, I'm going to list off some of his credits that he has done that you definitely are familiar with. He is Megatron in the original Transformers cartoon. He is Dr. Claw in Inspector Gadget. He is Fred in Scooby-Doo. Now, in all of the uh, Disney movies that he's in, rarely... Wait, 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 wait. He's Scooby-Doo, too. Isn't he Scooby-Doo as well? Um, yes, you're right. He is. Yeah, that's was, right. For some reason in my head, I was like, Casey Kasem, but no, that's... Um, hey, that's Ross. Shaggy. Hey, Ross. <laughs> Strike three, bro. Good. Three. I didn't want to be on this damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but... But yeah, so he's, he's, that's Frank Welker. Now, in the Disney movies, he rarely plays anybody with an actual line. He's like a growling footstool in Beauty and the Beast. He's a dog in Little Mermaid. In this, he gets to play three separate characters. Now, all of them, none of them are humans. He gets to play the Cave of Wonders. He plays Raja the Tiger. And he also plays Abu the Monkey. <laughs> Wait, you missed his obviously best performance? In Mortal Kombat, the movie, he is Shao Kahn and Reptile. Of course. <laughs> which are probably just that. like snarls and growls. <laughs> you know? Unfortunately, I had to see that movie in the theater. Was it Mortal What do you mean, Mortal? unfortunately? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you have a weird classification for a bad movie. <laughs> you, you know, Style Stalinsky's dad kicks Goro off a mountain and Goro falls horizontally away from the mountain <laughs> <laughs> which no that's one of that's uh, and i'm sure you've heard of the the eric movies the eric krasinski movies yes so eric, i'm doing giving him a shout out he better listen to this you're your life your childhood friend eric yes yeah um he made me watch a lot of movies in theater including jean-claude van damme's the quest that I will never get over. Yeah, it should have been Bloodsport. Was it was a better movie. awful. Yeah, but I think that was one of the ones in the run, in, the, in that run. But yeah, it was awful, so go ahead. But yeah, but Frank, Frank Welker is in all of the best Disney movies. Now, the man, his career is like 900 voice acting credits. He's rarely seen on screen, but I would venture a guess that 700 of those credits are just him snarling or growling or like burping into a microphone. Oh, 110%, yeah. And the man's a fucking multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he does. He sits in a room in front of a microphone I, and barks. <laughs> he, was, he, was also, he was brought up last episode because you said that you watched uh, part of Totoro in Japanese to see it. Totoro, yeah. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted to see if the Japanese version of Totoro was as good as Frank Welker. <laughs> I'm going to continue. And it wasn't. It was not. Japanese con- Frank Walker is no match for our Frank Walker. I am going to email and continually call this man until he comes on this podcast. And on the basis of, excuse me, Mr. Walker, my husband is obsessed with you. He loves you more than he loves me. Please be on his podcast. I could talk to Frank Walker for literally a day straight. I know. And I wouldn't even crack the surface of the questions that I wanted to add. To Ross, you know what it would be like, Ross? It'll be like you just be talking to him, and he'll just be doing grunts back. Exactly, and, like, and I would love it. So, what do you think? Yeah, you'd be like, "What do you think, Mister Walker?" And you'd be like, "Yes, yes, absolutely, it's, I totally." Agree. It's kind of like when you hear those Eminem interviews when they like throw random words at him, and he just starts to freestyle and incorporate the words. <laughs> I would be talking yes. to Frank, and all of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, "Megatron," and then we just have to talk as Megatron, and we'd be talking, and be like, uh, "Abu the monkey," and then he just have to be Abu. They'd be like, "Oh, Cable Wonders," and then that. <laughs> Worst <laughs> <laughs> just random voices, you know. Scooby Doo, 
Exactly. Now, now Scooby Doo. Okay, back to Fred. Now back to Scooby. No, dude, you should do Scooby Doo as Fred. So like, give him a real chance. So Scoo- Megatron as Scooby Doo. Right. I like it. Cable Ruff, Wonders. Ruff, star screen. <laughs> Cable <laughs> Wonders and Megatron, and mix in a little bit of Doctor Claw. Do it all at once. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> he could do it probably. He definitely could. He's very talented. The man. It's so crazy. It. It's just amazing because in this movie, there is such the voice talent in this movie is legendary. And it's obviously Robin Williams, top tier of that. Frank Walker right up there for the voice acting crowd who loves those those guys. Then, of course, there's um, Jonathan Freeman. Jonathan Freeman is, you know, the -the run-of-the-mill everyday white guy name, but he is Jafar. Now, Mm -hmm. Jafar, and he has been only Jafar in his career. He's done a couple little nothing roles, but he is a one-character guy that never has to work again for giving one of the, well, not one of, the best villain role in Disney. He is amazing in this movie. Wait, and fun fact. Oh, sorry, Mike. But let me get this. All right, go ahead. I'm interrupting you, Mike. No. (laughs) Um, Fun fact. Uh, me and my girlfriend, right before COVID hit, we went to see Aladdin on Broadway. And guess who plays Jafar on Broadway? Is it Jonathan, Jonathan Freeman. Freeman. Jonathan Freeman yeah. plays him on Broadway. Yeah, and it was That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I it saw, was super I cool. I saw it on Broadway too, but I don't think it wasn't Jonathan Freeman though. It was. Yeah, it was I guess he came back. Yeah, it came back. Like he started when the original production, and then he left for a little bit. Then he comes back for like every so often for, for like so often performances. I'm a little drunk. And then um, we uh, we were able to see one where he was actually in it, and it was amazing. Like it was just like watching the movie. Yeah. Right. So, oh man, I lost. My, you made me lose my train of thought, Tyler. That's well, what you get. get. That's what you get. He made me lose mine, but mine just came back. The train came back into the station. Yeah, um, I got it back too. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, Mike. Go ahead. So <laughs> the biggest issue with the live action remake of Aladdin is. If you just replace Jafar with a cardboard cutout of mm-hmm. cartoon Jafar, like he didn't even need to have lines, just put a cardboard cutout there, and it would have been better. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But you could say all the things about Will Smith. Like, I, I thought Will Smith did a serviceable job. I thought if they let Will Smith do more, it would have been better. And I, I know sure. no one can really do what Robin Williams did, especially with. So, like, Genie's actual animation, the amount of fluidity for the character, the animators hated doing Genie because of how hard it was to actually animate him. So yeah. you're not going to recreate that character exactly. And I thought Will Smith was one of the better options they could have chose to do the live action. Oh, yeah. When but I Jafar was... ruined it. Oh, <laughs> garbage. I'm so no. sorry, Carrie. I'm so sorry, Carrie. Like every time you're like, when I was, and then you're like, when I was, when I was, when I was. <laughs> Sorry, no. rant over. <laughs> That's okay. No, no, no. I mean, it's your podcast, technically. So, technically, um, what's a technically show? Technically, your <laughs> quotes now. Um, I, you had to see me walking my daughter when you guys were doing and listening to your Will Smith episode, and you guys were like, oh, yeah, Will Smith did a good job as a genie. I'm like, fuck your face no he didn't i was like very upset about it my daughter learned some new words um weirdly enough that's how my wife says i love you to me fuck it <laughs> yeah and it's like totally tropic thunder style where i'm like yeah she okay. she, she like gets becomes bald and she's less gross yeah. that's all she is flaming dragon fuck face i wish you to take a step back and literally fuck your this face. is flaming dragon <laughs> <laughs> um no they didn't let will smith be let 
they didn't let him be Will Smith in that movie, and it's upsetting because he would have done a better job if they let him be him. But um, oh shit, now I lost. Oh no, no, no. you glazed over when you were talking about the voice acting. You glazed over. Hello, oh my gosh, boyfriend Steve from Full I was, House. I was getting to that. Don't oh yeah, we needed to talk much more about Jafar because he's far more legendary well, than we, Steve. <laughs> we are gonna we are gonna talk a lot about Jafar, but I thought that you know, yeah, Steve is yeah, Scott. It's what Scott Wanger. That's full name Scott Wanger, Wanger, Wiger, whatever. His Scott real name is DJ's boyfriend. Come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Scott Wanger, yeah. But then there's obviously Linda Larkin and, of course, Gilbert Gottfried, you know, as Yago the Parrot. Oh, yeah. Which oh, yeah. Did you listen to Gilbert Gottfried do a, he, like, talks the lyrics of WAP, the Cardi B song? <laughs> I, I kind of <laughs> have to now that I know that it is, is, It's that amazing. Is, that needs to be the intro <laughs> to this podcast. Oh, we have the intro picked out. And it's the, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the Disney princesses scene from Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's perfect actually yeah but yeah gilbert it's the, the voice acting in this and it's it's so good because i would say from the little mermaid probably like the beginning of the golden renaissance forward disney is great at especially in the big run that they had in the 90s of making a total voice cast that is awesome like every person is perfect in all of these roles that they do and, and i will Aladdin say probably the best at that I will say that that even extends to Emperor's New Groove because while I would say the Emperor's New Groove is probably lower definitely lower quality than something like Aladdin or Lion King. Yeah. I still think the voice cast is amazing. It is. Yeah. It really is. The animation may be lower quality, but definitely not the story and the characters. Well, you, have, you have a perfectly cast David Spade. You have a perfectly yeah. cast John Goodman. You have a perfectly cast Arthur Kitt. Perfectly cast um, uh, Patrick Warburton. Like it's Actually... You guys know the story of um, the Emperor's New Groove, or no? Or, it was supposed to be a totally different movie. Yes, thank really? you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. You know yeah. who? You know who was supposed to do the music too? Sting. Sting was supposed to do the music for that movie, and that movie is called The Kingdom of the Sun. That's what it was called. Okay. And that movie, that movie was, I think, eighty percent done when Katzenberg came in and was like, "You need to scrap this whole movie. This movie is garbage." So well, he did something the, right? Wow. Yeah. And it took the, like, I think in the movie you know now, like, I think they did, like, in animation time, this is like a week, basically. But they did this probably about, like, in a year and a half. They, they redid the whole movie from start to finish. All, like, this is all hand-drawn at the time, too. Or, I guess, computerly drawn kind of thing, whatever, how oh, they wow. use it. But there's a, there's, um, um, a documentary called The Sweatbox, and it was talking about how, like, at the time, Disney Animation uh, was, like, almost on its, like, downturn. Like, it was, like, going really, really downhill compared to, like, the Renaissance era. And how, like, strict the corporate executives were to them. And how, um, like, their work as well was, like, being, like, torn apart by, like, executives. It's like, a great documentary. It's on YouTube. Just look up the sweatbox. It's directed by, I think, Sting's wife or whatever. It's I think amazing. I've heard of it, yeah. I'll be right back. I'm going to grab another beer. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like with Aladdin, well, let's just, we'll, we'll talk about let's talk about the golden the golden renaissance of I, as I dubbed it of um, Disney. So you got Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, and we'll count Mulan. Let's say Mulan because there's well, that's a good movie, bro. Mulan's it is. Oh, I'm not. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely is. But I'm like I'm not. I don't really count like Hunchback. I don't really count Hercules. They're fine movies. 
But they're mm-hmm. and, and po- Pocahontas. The story of Pocahontas is crazy because it's the story. You don't like I, Hercules? I, it's fine. Like Hercules? It's okay. I'm, I, I think it's pretty good. I, I like think it's it. all right. I like Danny DeVito in it. Yeah, sure. I don't. I definitely yeah, do. Absolutely. But and I like the song. The story of the Lion King and Pocahontas is really interesting because it's another example of why Jeffrey Katzenberg shouldn't have had a job at Disney. Mm. He put the B team on the Lion King. Yeah. The, B team. Now that means the A team was working on Pocahontas at the time. Yep. Now yep. you look at the two movies of the Lion King and Pocahontas. Lion King, legendary movie. That's a cultural touchstone. Songs, Mo- Grammys, all everything about it. it's a billion mm-hmm. dollar movie. Pocahontas barely made back its budget and got a little bit of profit. Pocahontas and is the worst movie of the Disney Renaissance. It's and it's not great, but like we were saying, Mike, we were talking about how Lion King was made by the B team of animators, and um, Pocahontas was made by the so-called A team. And Pocahontas yeah. is the far inferior movie. But mm-hmm. the B team guys were like. What what should, what does this have to be? Oh, it needs to be lions, and it's got to be Hamlet. And they were like sure who's gonna do our songs maybe this little known guy named elton john <laughs> you know let's get him to and do songs what i will say what i will say about uh pocahontas there some of the scenes are absolutely gorgeously animated oh the animation's amazing in it it really is it, it's it very is. beautiful to look at be glad that mike was getting his beer when you said what you said about the hunchback let me hear what you said oh no oh no I don't have. I mean, it's it's not bad. I I was fine with it, but I I do. Mike Mike has said that the villain in that is one of the more dastardly. I guess we'll say right. Mike, oh, he's he's not. He's the most evil villain in Disney. Mike, well, he's just to as quote Ross. Up. To quote yeah. Ross, Mike, he said, "Fuck Quasimodo, fuck." <laughs> Quasi. Quasi. Wait, what? Fuck, fuck. Wait a second. He called I, I, quasi I don't remember fuck. saying that shit. And yeah. I'm not the one drinking the 11.9% beer. <laughs> that was me. And yeah, I know me and Ross's opinions vary a little bit on, uh, on I'm the I'm fine with it. It's okay. It's it's all right. It's not, it's not, It's I, I definitely would not put it at the top of any of the 90s movies. I put it above anything that came after it, really. You know, in the 2000s, I'll, I'll take it above those. But You would put that above Home on the Range? Come on, man. That's well, a no, I'm saying, classic. I, I, would put it above, <laughs> I would put it above a bunch of them, let's say. But no, I, no. But, no. I, I mean, Home on the Range is booty, bro. You guys you guys know Home on the Range with Roseanne Barr and shit? Yeah. Like, that movie I, is I think that's the, the pinnacle of Disney garbage. That's the, like actual Disney garbage. But where that's I would sweet. rank, so where I would rank Hunchback in terms of the 90 movies I like it better than I definitely like it better than Pocahontas because I think Pocahontas yeah. is a bad movie. It's, it's, it's fine. It's not good, it's, but it's yeah. fine. It's like, eh. I'm gonna rank it above Tarzan, which some people might get mad about. I think really? Hunch, I think Hunchback's a better movie than Tarzan. You know what? Really? I get it. I, 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 I mean, you know what? I enjoyed Tarzan, and I actually only watched it for the first time not too long ago, a couple few weeks ago. And then the movies I would put it like roughly on par with would be Mulan and Hercules. I'd say those three are like my B level for the 90s movies, where I would say the A level is Aladdin, Lion King, uh, Beauty and the Beast, and Little Mermaid. I know Little Mermaid's not a 
the 90s, but that is when the Renaissance it's started. The first, it's the it beginning. It's yeah. the beginning yeah. of that. Dude, 89. I, that's a spot on analysis. I, you, I, know, I, and, you know, in Tarzan, actually, it's interesting. This is a true story. Um, when, uh, you know that song, you know, whatever. Sure. That was literally, I heard like a rumor. I, just, I don't know if it's true or not. That like Rosie O'Donnell was just like singing the thing, and they were like, "Ooh, that's pretty catchy." And like, they made it like they started like developing a song out of that. Sorry, oh, I don't know Rosie why. Rosie O'Donnell riffing. <laughs> yeah, but like, I was like, yeah, she she supposedly came in the studio, tripped over a bunch of stuff, and they like, that's a song. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil Collins was like, "I can make it work." Yeah. <laughs> you know? She tripped over a bunch of pots and pans. She's like, "Bada da boo, bada bada da." Yeah. Apparently, Rosie O'Donnell is a scat singer and is into yeah. jazz. <laughs> You know, Mike, I can't believe you don't like that in Clayton, like Scat in Man Tarzan, he goes, Gorillas. I, I, that, that is a classic Disney line. I don't dislike Tarzan, but I think Hunchback in terms of animation, I, the songs in Hunchback are amazing. I would put uh, I would put The Bells of Notre Dame and uh, Hellfire towards the top yeah. of my favorite Disney songs. I also, love the songs. Now here's the part a where the part uh, where Quasimodo not before you go on Carrie, the yeah. part where Quasimodo goes, Sanctuary, sanctuary, like he's yelling for the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like eight year old me, like the back when my like brainstem blew out of my head. I was like just blown away by that scene. Because like that was like so dramatic oh. and so well directed. And the scene. animation in it is yeah. so good. Mm. Yeah. It's really really good. Good. yeah, that part was really good. Now what were you gonna say, Carrie? Um, now actually you know, talking about Tarzan and the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna keep coming back to this, and I apologize, but it's part of the reason, you know, you know, one of the better parts of having a woman on this episode is I'm gonna <laughs> keep coming back to the Disney princesses because I think we have to. It's it, it that is Disney's biggest moneymaker for sure. Um, when I read the actual the 15 legit Disney princesses, they they had four runners up. And two of them were Jane Porter and Esmeralda. Like now, do you think that either one of those should have been? I'm not sure I count them as a princess, but I think Esmeralda is one of the most like I don't think she gets enough recognition at all when people are looking at like Disney characters. Well, now the Disney princesses, not all of them are actually princesses. Um, I was about to say that. Yeah, I was like, what? This list is only this list is only valid if Cusco counts as a Disney princess. Or Thor. (laughs) 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 Thor's a princess princess. Leia. (laughs) Don't forget Princess Leia counts as well. Exactly. Yeah. And does does that mean Luke does too? Well, it's Disney princesses, (laughs) not Disney princes. Now I read. Now, Does Simba count? So now here's yeah, Simba definitely should count. Or Nala, Nala definitely might. The official Disney princesses and um, Ralph breaks the internet will back me up on this because that's a credible source. Yeah. yeah. Um, See the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Bob Mulan, Tiana. Tiana, Rapunzel, Merida, Moana, Anna, and Elsa. Now, not all of them are princesses. Tiana, uh, Moana, you know, because Moana even says, not a princess, daughter of the chief, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, no. yeah, she does say that. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay. She marries into princess. royalty, though. You're Tiana correct. And a lot royalty, of them do. Yeah. A lot of them do marry into royalty. But they're considered the, like, the core princesses. 
So that's why I was curious, like Esmeralda and Jane Porter, I think should be grouped in with them. But what do you guys think? I, I mean, like if we're just, I feel like Disney counts princesses as like their female main characters. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think they probably should be. And I think Esmeralda should, is one of the best of them. Now, She's you good. mentioned you mentioned the song Hellfire. Is that the song that Claude Frollo sings while he's trying to tell everyone that he secretly jerks off to Esmeralda? Oh yeah, yeah, that's the song. <laughs> that's that's <yes>. the one. <laughs> and he's like ashamed of it because he's going to hell now because he's impure or whatever. I, I but the song's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I'm sorry, dude. Look at Esmeralda. You ain't going to hell. Everyone's jerking off to her. I'm sorry. I think I think we made I, mean, I, think, I, I did. You're gonna have company. <laughs> I think we got our movie where the guy jerks off and everyone feels bad for him. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, no one I'm feels bad. No, no one feels bad for Judge Claude Frollo. Right. Dude's the Dude. biggest he might be the biggest dick in all of Disney, and there are a lot of them. That no, is true. He's not the biggest, but he's he's up there. For sure. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's like a, he's one of those, like, he reminds you of the classic Disney villains. Like, he's just like a bad guy. Like, yeah, he like laminates about like, or whatever it's called, um, about like his past. He's the worst kind of bad guy. Because he's a bad guy that uses religion to justify why he's a bad guy. That is 100% true. That is 100% true. But he does have a guilty factor. I have a guilty factor about it. I have no. I have seen the musical for Hunchback, and Judge Claude Frollo is a lot more multi-dimensional in the okay. musical. He's oh. not. He doesn't seem outwardly evil. In fact, he seems so nice that you're like, I don't know if I trust this guy. Right. And you get a little more into his backstory where he. It's like his brother fell for. Uh, uh, the gyp, a gypsy is not the proper term for it, but Romani. Romani, Romani but uh, so his brother <laughs> fell for Romani and ended up dying, and that's where his hatred for them comes from. Oh, and God. it's I he gets a bit of a backstory in the musical, and he actually seems like he seems like he's trying to be a decent dad for. Uh, he's obviously a dick, but he's trying to be a decent dad for Quasimodo. I mean, he still named him Quasimodo, so he can't be that good, but... Yeah. It's kind of like in um the live-action... Well, it's kind of like in Angelina Jolie's Maleficent, where you get her backstory, where she's a nice fairy, having fun, falls in love with the prince. And then all of a sudden, he wing-rapes her in her sleep, and she turns evil. You know? True. It's like, I get True. it. I understand yeah. why she does yeah. these things that she does, you know? I completely Again. get it. I am on your side, Angie. Wait. <laughs> a much better backstory than the animated movie. Carrie, sure. now, didn't you have a, didn't you want have a point where you wanted to talk about, um, like, Maleficent and Aurora hating each other or whatever? You told me to I remind did. you. And that was actually, I actually kind of wanted to talk about that during, um, during Frozen. Oh, okay. Because in Maleficent, where why give us blue balls? Talk about it now. Yeah, do it right now. You know what? I don't like your tone. See, <laughs> this is all, this would all be in the Pixar movie about the guy trying to jerk off. <laughs> this, this would be the thing that would keep like keep his sperm angry for not being able to be released. You'd be you, Carrie. You'd be Stinky Pete. Like you'd be the Stinky imagine Pete. They, yeah. Imagine they, imagine they actually tried to animate a scene where a guy gets blue balls. <laughs> Someone has probably done it. It was probably Cool World. You know what? Definitely, definitely. No, because everyone in Cool World actually fucked. 
It's true. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. You know what's weird is he called me Stinky Pete, and the beer that I couldn't or that I chose not to drink is called the Prospector. Yeah, it was a signature beer. Yeah. Tyler and I need to hang out. We're secret best friends. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Um, no. So what I was no the comparison that I was going to make is, and this is one thing that I had to look up after we watched Maleficent, is Maleficent um, and her love for Aurora is what woke her up. And not the prince kissing her, like not the not the necrophilia, love. right? The true love, <laughs> the true love came from Maleficent, not the prince. And it's kind of like the same. It's the same premise as in Frozen, where you don't need the man for it to be, you know, an act of true love. It can be true love can be between sisters, can be between whatever. That was that was the point I was going to make and I was curious and I had to look it up because I had to see who did it first but Frozen still did it first and and I give it credit for that is you know especially from the feminist side that you don't you know Frozen did not Kristoff was unnecessary to that story like you did not need a man to complete that story um but to bring it back to Aladdin with talking about Aladdin, Aladdin is the total opposite end of that spectrum. Aladdin is like takes place during a time where it was completely anti-feminist. So, well, the culture is not exactly friendly to women either. But yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's it's Jasmine really is, and they kind of they do this a little bit more in the live action one, but Jasmine in that one comes more across as just a bitch. Like she, you don't really want to root for her because she's just like mean to people. Yeah, like, has this attitude, and it's like I don't care about you. You're just not nice. Whereas, like this Jasmine, the animated Jasmine, is very much more sympathetic because she's she, very much like um, she's kind of like Ariel, where she's very for the people. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Except when she goes out among the people, she doesn't know how money works. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> when she gives the apple away, the guy's like, "You better know how to pay for that." And she's like pay it's like oh that, okay here is a basic economics lesson for you jasmine this is a product this is money give this money to this man who has the product in exchange for the product transaction complete you may move on with both of your hands Although not to get political oh sorry Carrie, go ahead no, no no that's okay but and to follow up with that point she doesn't know how paying works but when aladdin in two seconds later asks her to role play and say go with me on this she knows how to act crazy she knows what's not socially ex what's socially considered crazy mm -hmm. to go along with like aladdin's whole ploy yeah so make sense out of that um, as, at, well Tyler, I'm straight sorry. straight parents create uh create crafty children what True. i was gonna say was that's like the classic like rich person who's a little bit liberal like they'll be like Oh, you know, like everyone needs a little bit, you know, like whatever. And then they yeah. go out into the real world and they're like, what's money? <laughs> you know? Right. It's right. like, there are problems. You're, on, you're on the good side, but like, oh my God. Like, it, it's, it's live the, a little, like, let, know, to bring your hands dirty. To bring up Will Smith again, it's the Will Smith meme from Fresh Prince of Bel Air where he says, he's a little confused, but he's got the right spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's, and like for her, you you know that her life in the in the palace with the sultan 
even though her dad is one of the few sympathetic like parent figures like he's he's sympathetic the whole way he's just a jolly little fat man this whole time oh yeah he seems he, like he tries to be a good dad it seems yeah like. he's just besides he's, pre-arranging marriages but that is but that, the culture that's the, so. that's the culture yeah it, it's not really so much him but and also he is one of my favorite lines that it just kind of flies right under the radar where he's like He's talking to Jasmine. He's like, Allah forbid you ever have any daughters, that kind of thing. And then he goes inside and he's kind of playing with his little uh, his little model or whatever. And he says, I don't know what her problem is. Her mother wasn't nearly so picky. And it's like, oh, I did great self-burn, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> but, I love that. I love that. That's one of the best things about Aladdin is watching it as, watching it as an adult. I There's so many jokes that went over my head as a kid that were – necessarily that went over my head but i just didn't catch like the not that i want to pick our curtains one that well not <laughs> that, but like where he's like how about that mr doubting mustafa and i'm like right. oh like doubting thomas i get it like yeah. as an adult i can say that but as a kid i was like i totally didn't even listen to it yeah and the i'm kind of getting fond of you kid not that i want to pick out curtains or anything you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like oh okay I, I see what you did there robin right. i get it <laughs> but it's yeah, Not to keep bringing up the uh, live-action Aladdin, but the dad and <laughs> like the Sultan in the live-action Aladdin was another thing that kind of like where the Sultan in the the animated one, he's like fun. He's he's the opposite. He's a great character. But yeah, the live-action one's just the opposite of that character. He's like a sad, yeah. pathetic dude, <laughs> and he's super stern and yeah. In the it's, Broadway yeah. play. In the Broadway play, they played off as him. He being like he's a noble figure, like he's a very nice, like noble and like almost like majestic kind of like loyal, like royal like figure. But like he's not goofy as in like uh, the movie at all. And right. but like they played off really well. And I was like, damn, like there's now think about it, there's like three incarnations of like one guy, and they all pull off relatively well. Here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up because I saw it on Broadway. And I don't remember the Sultan. And the, really? Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it was, I, I want to say it was like probably seven years ago that I saw it on Broadway. It was yeah. a long time. But yeah. even still, there are parts of it that stand out to me, and the Sultan isn't one of them. Yeah. He wasn't that yes. memorable of a character. In, in the Broadway play, he, or music, I should say, he, instead of like um, in the movie, he's like kind of like, oh, like, like that type of voice, like almost like kind of like Miss Doubtfire um, in the uh, in the musical, he's like, uh, Jasmine, you can marry whoever you would please from this day forward. Like that type of like, uh, I guess direction or character interpretation. Wait, so one thing that I did want to bring up was a. Uh, okay, so we brought up uh, we already brought up someone from Friends. So I'm going to bring up another '90s sitcom. With Gilbert Gottfried, he, when he does anyone remember when he showed up in Saved by the Bell for a couple episodes? Yes, I do. I <laughs> love Saved by the I'm, Bell. I'm blanking on it. Nope. Uh, it was. I think it was the college episodes. Maybe uh, that's why that he showed was, up in. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you just one step further. It was um, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. Wedding they were in Vegas, Vegas, weren't? They? Yeah, they were in so Vegas. So there was a colon after Saved by the Bell. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't say. No, no, no. You have to see the colon ones. They're amazing. Yeah. Saved by the Bell is probably my favorite. One of my favorite early '90s. Or was it early '90s or late '80s that it Both. started? Both. Both. Okay. Yep. 
started off as Miss, like, Good Morning, Miss Bliss, and then it became Saved by the Bell with um, with the original crew, and then it became the one that everyone learned to love, you know? Yeah. Now, um, it's, now it's on uh, Peacock as a... Uh... Right. Wait, it's on Peacock. Is it one of the is it one of the free ones? Because I kind of want to download Peacock now. I love Saved by the Bell. Well, you have You got Peacock. Yeah. (laughs) Jam in like within a week, bro, and then like just cancel your subscription. Yeah, but if speaking of Gilbert Gottfried, obviously it's Yago. Um, did anybody else see the other people that were considered to play Yago? No. No. As in Danny DeVito and (gasps) Joe Pesci. Oh (laughs) Oh my God. as much as I <laughs> think about it, though, I think Gilbert's still the best choice. Yeah, Joe Pesci's so good. I'm, I'm going with Joe Pesci, man. Joe Pesci. I'm going with that. Danny DeVito. Well, no, DeVito no, does no, come no, back no. in Hercules, right? And DeVito no, but... plays his his. You know, that's like his character in Hercules. That's so, that's his wheelhouse. The one Joe that, Pesci's so... Joe Pesci's in Home Alone. Like, Agreed. come on, dude. That would have been genius as Iago. Oh, yeah. pissed off. That's one of my favorite. So, like, everyone's like, oh, we should get a, when your phone does, like, the maps and gives you directions, there should be a thing to have Joe Pesci give you directions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. That'd be great. But right. um, the the one thing with the live action uh, Hercules, everyone's like, I'm okay with live action Hercules. If you make Danny DeVito the live action version that would of Bell, be yeah. <laughs> amazing. That'd be pretty great. Now, there's also the alternate casting's possibilities of Jonathan Freeman as uh, Jafar. Now, all of these are incredible actors, but I think Jonathan Freeman's still perfect. But how old is he? Yes. Hold on. You go with Tim Curry, Kelsey Ooh. Grammer, John Hurt, Ooh. Christopher Lloyd. Or Ian McKellen. Oh man, Jonathan Freeman in that murderer's row right there is still, I think, the best character, the best actor. I'm pick. still okay, but like I love Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry yeah, is who I was thinking. Penny I agree with you Yaga. though. Yeah, <laughs> I still agree with or you Jafar? that that he killed it as Jafar. But see, if I if Tim Curry would play Jafar, man, I like that would have been because like I. You guys say Pennywise, and I, I know Pennywise as well, but, like, I keep thinking him as, like, I love you, sir. Thank you. Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, lost in New York. I, you know what I think? You know what I think? I think of him from uh, Clue. I yeah. love him oh, Clue. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and where yeah. he's running around explaining the murders. He's like, she ran through here. He's like, wait, go back that way. Go back that way. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. He's he would have been so good, but yeah, I'm I'm telling you, Freeman is still top notch. He's still the best. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, I, he's just so evil. Now it's I'm gonna con- I'm mm-hmm. gonna contest you that Jafar is the best villain. Are you gonna I, say Scar? I'm gonna you, say Scar. You're gonna, you're gonna say Jeremy Irons? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because Jeremy no. Irons is the man. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> I am going to keep bringing up Scar because the reason we came up with the bad, better, best thing was for Jeremy Irons, and that we never did an episode That's for true. him. That is true. What do you guys think about James Woods as Hades, though? Like, I love Hercules. him. He's perfectly yeah. cast. Like he really. That's is. what I'm saying. Like yeah. He's funny, but he still has like like a little edge to his voice to be evil. He's James Bond. Yeah. You know why I love like he's kind of an evil dude. He's like an evil. You know, he's an evil genie. He's like an yeah. evil genie. Do you know why I like James Woods? Because he continues to voice himself in Family Guy. Oh yes, he's 
Oh, yeah. piece of candy. Yeah, Ooh, even piece of candy. Like when you look at that guy in like real life, if you read his Twitter, you will very quickly not like him. But yeah. he is he is he's very good at being a complete asshole Dude. villain. Like he's really good at that. Yeah, he's and I watched his like like you said, his Twitter and stuff. And I was like, Oh, James Wood on Twitter, awesome. Like when I first started on Twitter, and it was just like a slippery slope, and I was like Oh yeah. man! Now every time I watch Hercules, yes. I'm gonna see this tweet. Like, exactly. oh my god! You know what I sort of think about James Woods? He's like if if Kevin Bacon had an evil brother. Kinda. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Or his follow man were a real person. <laughs> James Woods. Kevin yeah. Kevin Bacon is Luke Skywalker. Darth Vader is uh, James Woods. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hell of a movie. <laughs> be, it'd be like Footloose in space, I think. That would be Spaceballs too, man. <laughs> <laughs> they search for more money. It really would yeah. be. <laughs> the search for more money. <laughs> when it, I, I do have to say though that um, Aladdin, you know, like getting back to Aladdin because we got to talk about Frozen because um, there's so many there's so many good things to talk about Frozen and Frozen Two, which I'm a little mm-hmm. bit you guys I, are not doing Frozen we, Two. We debated it. We, we I'm, really I'm going to be honest, it. I'm going to trash Frozen a little it. bit. I'm going to trash Frozen a little bit when we get to it. And I agree with you. I'm going to trash Frozen a little bit, too. And Frozen 2, I will not, though. I, I enjoy Frozen 2. I enjoyed Frozen 2. This is controversial. This is a little, you know, we're keeping on the edgy. We're a little edgy on this podcast. Um, uh, Frozen 2 is a better movie than Frozen 1. Thank I you. said it. And I'm putting it out there for the interwebs to probably send me death threats. So, uh, so Frozen, <laughs> Frozen, Frozen, the original Frozen came out when I want to say me and Tyler are probably sophomores in high school. 2013. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have been sophomore in high school. And I at- saw that opening day with my dad. A little weird, but <laughs> still opening day with my six at the time 67 year old dad Strangely, I'm okay he wasn't with it. he wasn't the guy in the back of the theater that we've been talking about he was the guy watching let it go and being like in the middle of being like this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> he stood up and was letting it go yeah <laughs> yeah he just let it out man he let it out but before we i i, I mean before we you know finish talking about aladdin i i did want to say that i do give the movie a lot of respect for saying for, I'm sorry, for staying true to its time. Um, you know, yes, there's a lot of criticisms about it, about the... It's not great behind-the-scenes representation-wise. No, really. no. It, and a lot of Disney no, movies are yeah. Um, And that's one of the biggest criticisms. But One of the things is Disney did get better with that as it became a more prevalent issue in yeah. more recent years. Yeah. They really did. But they did as far as, as far as culture and as far as, uh, you know, like women were concerned, they really did stay true to the time where, you know, women didn't get a choice in who they got to marry. Um, It's the only time that I can think of, and it might not be the only time, but it's the only time I can think of that a man raises a hand to a woman in a Disney movie where Jafar goes to slap Jasmine. She falls back before he does it, but he does raise a hand. That's true. Well, I didn't think about that. It's also it's also one of the few movies that ends with the villain being outwitted as opposed to just being yeah. flat out defeated. Yeah. Like in a fight. So can I just one one more thing about the live action Aladdin? 
I'm so happy they didn't do the Prince Ali reprise with Jafar singing it because he would have just done no serve because that oh. reprise is only like a minute long, but it's glorious for that yeah. minute. It's great. And then there's the whole um like the whole string of puns that he throws at him. Mm-hmm. Like things are unraveling fast now, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Point, you know all that. <laughs> Uh, I can't imagine anyone else as Jafar. Like, I know no. you said Tim Curry and stuff, but, like, man. Like, no, just going I'm, back to that punch that, like, Jonathan brings to it. He's just so good. And it's nah. such a distinct character, too. Like, you don't yeah. forget Jafar. To, well, also, also oh, go ahead, Terry. Oh, <laughs> also, and it's kind of like, um, even though it, this isn't really the voice actor, it's more the how he's drawn. But it it kind of goes to where Jasmine's like, where she's like faking being in love with him, where she's like talking about mm-hmm. all the things she loves about him. Like your beard is so twisted, you know, like she's just like very, like she's trying to act turned on by him. Well, when you, when they cut away, you can hear her in the background trying to like keep coming up with things. And one of the things she comes up with is the space between his the teeth. The gaps between his teeth, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, you know. Um, so, one comparison that I draw with Jafar with other movies, on one thing is, so on Jeff Bridges in Iron Man, actually, and it is, they both invade personal space, yes. which I think is an underrated okay. trait in villains. Okay. I like it behind that. Guess what? I had a boss that did that. I had to take him to HR. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. He always invaded my personal space. I think that's one of the most, like, icky, like, outright, not, I, one of the most disturbing things someone can do. Yes. It's intimidation. It's intimidating. Yeah. And it's harassment, and it's like, yeah. One of the other things that with this, so you notice, and you notice it watching, um, watching Little Mermaid a thousand times, you notice it too. Same way, it happens in Beauty and the Beast. Little Mermaid and Aladdin. And the one thing it doesn't happen in is in Lion King. In these movies, the villain is always introduced in shadow. Yeah. And in yeah. the Lion King, though, in Scar, though, we get him full frontal right up the bat, you know? But Wait, movie, is he? Yeah. When he, he yeah him? It's his paw on the mouse, and then he just picks him up, and he's talking to yes, him. Yes, I remember but, that. Yeah. But in the live action. In the live action one, he's in shadow. That's now, what I remember. He just comes out, and he's like, like that's life's not fair is it you know and all that but in the funny thing is with scar the little subtle thing with him is his claws are always out yeah as opposed to the other lions who just have regular paws until they have to fight or whatever but no scar the whole time his claws are out the entire time so i guess maybe that's the lion way of being in shadow i don't know (laughs) but long live the king I'm going to go on my journey. Since we didn't have a Jeremy Irons episode, I'm going to do my Jeremy Irons right now because I love that man. He's good. <laughs> yeah, I go with that. I go with that. Die so, Hard 3. Die Hard 3 is great. It's the second best Die Hard besides Die Hard 1. Wait, is it Die Hard with a Vengeance? <laughs> yes, right, it is. It is. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the movie that I'm going to bring him up in is Aragon, which was going to be our bed when it, that was... When we thought about this, when we thought about Bad, Better, Best, the first thing that came to mind was Jeremy Irons, Aragon, Bad, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Better, Lion King, Best. Okay. Right. 
And mm-hmm. I'm on board. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I love all three of those movies. Aragon. It was my fa- one of my favorite books growing up. I watched the movie when I was in. I think it came out when I was in. It was 2006. I want to say, and it's not a good movie, but I still love the movie because nostalgia factor. And I love Jeremy Irons as like a mentor type character, and he's so. I his voice is amazing. I'm a huge Jeremy Irons fan. (laughs) Would it it upset you as my husband if I had sex with Jeremy Irons? What? (laughs) I'd be more curious as to how that would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Not like the physical logistics of it. Now he has to be like in his scar persona. That's what he has to be. Yeah. And he has to... I picture Jeremy Irons somehow sitting in like a coffee shop wearing a scarf and like Harry Potter glasses. No. And my wife walking up to him and be like, so by the way, indecent proposal is about to happen, but no money will change hands. Oh, he doesn't need the money. If Harry Harry Potter took place 20, not even 15 years earlier than they did, I would have cast Jeremy Irons as Lupin. Wait, I think when you ask Jeremy Irons, like, you know, like, you have protection. He's like, always be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> my teeth and my dick is now bare. <laughs> be my, prepared. I am now horny. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you're my cousin. I'm going to need you earmuff it for me, buddy. There you go. Good job. No, no, Mike. no, Mike, don't squeeze the headphones further on your head. <laughs> Take them off. <laughs> that, just goes, that just makes yeah, it from honestly, HD like, to 4K with, sound, bro. Die Hard with a Vengeance, where it's like the where he's with the, the blonde chick, and it's like, you know, they go to have, it's like, I'm sliding off the seat. I mean, come on. It's just <laughs> it's a good scene. This is my wife, everyone. Uh, well, that's, do we want to talk about how upsetting it was when I said what I said about And you're talking about Katya, for one. Yes, I know. You need to name the woman. She's one of the film's greatest psychopaths. Can't, I'm too jealous of her. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like the Holly Berry episode where you guys were talking about the horribleness of, of uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and I honestly would have sex with Billy Bob Thornton. That's, that's one of the more really? disturbing things you've I know, seen. but... You, you know what? That was me. something I don't think I ever needed to know. Yeah, you, yeah, you and me both, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Mike's family, he's stuck with me. You can't live without me. There it is. I, 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 I totally am. I, there's so many things I'm going to be studying in the divorce proceedings. <laughs> You're right. I think Billy Bob Thorne has to be at the top of that. A, hey, he you won't, know what? I tell you, he won't be not in bold. Hey, guess what? <laughs> now, Billy you know, Bob Thorne as Bad Santa. That's when you, that's prime fucking. (laughs) (laughs) So now that that you've said that, I can only picture you and Billy Bob Thornton in that car with you saying fuck me, Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Gilmore Gorse. Wow, that's too many beers for Carrie. No. Gil, two. Gil, two is too many for <laughs> But they're like 20.5%. Like. Yeah. Gilmore <laughs> Girls. drinking moonshine, by yeah, the way. Gilmore <laughs> Girls, mom, where she's like, fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa. Yeah, the first time she That's what that, he's talking about. Behind the bar. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, for me, I would walk up to him. I'd be like, he'd be on his break, like in the movie. And I'd be like, Billy Bob, would you want to fuck? And they'd be like, can't you see him on my break? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> oh, fucking lunch break. Oh, my fucking yeah. lunch break. You got the lettuce coming out of your mouth and everything. Yeah. I still can't get over the fact that he is, like, the villain in Princess Mononoke. Yeah, that was, oh, that was yeah, pretty he wild. Is. Yeah, like, he hearing is. him sleepwalk through that movie was pretty nuts. But, uh, all right, well... Now that we've we've thoroughly covered that, why don't we move on to our last beer check-in, and then we'll get on to the uh, the Ice Queen, the Ice Queen and the Ice Princess. So, Tyler, how's your beer dump? I finished three so far. Turns out the Wubble Wubba Dub Dub uh, one, funny shit, man. That he turns into a pickle. You gotta see it. Six point seven percent, right down that baby. And now I'm on back to because I want like some a little more sweetness stuff. The current abyss. This shit is great. Beach House Brewery, you know, if you need a sponsorship, you know, you're looking for something, you know, this is my daily check-in, you know, like my ad roll. Uh, hit me up, man. Hit me up. Hire me. My resume is online. I have my own website. Feel free to tag me in any of your posts, you know, whatever. Again, I Tyler, change that LinkedIn profile picture and you'll get hired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how Tyler's using yeah. this podcast as his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> A podcast Dude, where wait. we talk about sex, beer, movies, wait, and ruining we've been childhood. We've talking about a man jerking off in a movie theater for a <laughs> can, can we talk about how on my volunteer section on my LinkedIn, you can look it up, I put guest commentator, happy hour films. Did you actually? Yes. Volunteer experience. Yes. I'm working. I'm working at a high school, and if I ever want to get hired full time, I got to make sure none of them can find this. It's kind of a resume killer, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, hon, what about you? Well, I am on the last couple sips of my Rusty Rail Brewing, uh, the Fog Monster. It's it's good. It's an IPA. It's it's in hot. It's it's a New England style IPA. It is, but all I don't know. I I tend to lump IPAs together. They're very hoppy. Which I, for whatever reason, I used to really enjoy. And now I go more for the amber lager. Um, and uh, so it's good. I have my last couple sips of that. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to my, what was going to be my Snow White beard, the Prospector. Um, brewed and packaged by Sigmeister Brewing Company, Hackettstown, Hack New Jersey. So, and this is, let's see, what's this one? I know. It's a beer. It's 5.2%. So good. I'm slowing down just a little Coming bit. <laughs> this is the third episode in a row where I'm hitting, I'm finishing all four of the beers that came in the pack. Nice. I really there enjoyed you go. the last there you four. Go. But um, so with hops, I feel like there's almost a, like a spectrum for hops or a curve, a bell curve for hops. That's the way I th- should think about it. Where if you hit a certain level of hops, you're almost numb to them. Yeah. That's a good point. I could do that. And yeah. that's what this beer, I think this beer has so much hops that I'm just like not getting the bitter taste that much because it's almost condensed to fit all the hops that are supposed to be in it. You know what? That's a good comparison. Like this, I can I can taste the hops, but when it gets to like, uh, like what's the other one? I like Victory, the Dirt Wolf by mm-hmm. Victory. That's one where... It's it's a high percentage and it's so hoppy that you almost can't taste the hops anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's you can get to like for mine. I saw again Ship Bottom Brewery. It's Mermaid Blondale. The Blondale is a lot more smooth. There's not the hops really aren't. You're not tasting the hops. You're tasting the 
like the malt and the rest of the notes of the beer and all that, which according to this are supposed to be of toasted bread, biscuit, and wheat. Whereas I just taste a good beer. That's really what I taste. And I'm on my number two of that, about to be on number three. And I quite enjoy that beer. Again, Ship Bottom Brewery, you know, we talk about you all the time. So where's my t-shirt? And- <laughs> <laughs> hey, any, any brewery that actually listens, we're very open to having people from the brewery on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. awesome. Can we talk about how like Beach House, Beach House Brewery, like, Props to them for like commenting on our last Instagram post. Uh, be- so or, get- your yours, I mean. Sorry. Wait, so uh, Beach House, uh, so Beach House, Red Tank, and Ship Bottom all are very loyal with commenting if we mention them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. that's awesome. That's why we love them. I hope so because a lot of our joint checking account goes to Ship Bottom Brewery. <laughs> I'm just throw that out there. It does now. <laughs> since since we've we've moved on now to our final movie, which is 2013's Frozen, directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, the tag team for all the Frozen movies. Now that's Frozen, Frozen Two, The Little Short, Frozen Fever, and there's also for Chris Buck, he also did Tarzan, so he's got that going for him. Which is nice, but Which there's a theory behind that, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Actually, if you want a little, fuck it, I'll say it right now. Yeah, get into uh, it now. <laughs> the theory, the theory is, um, uh, what's his name? Um, I almost said Cinderella. Uh, Elsa and Anna's parents didn't die in that shipwreck. They crash landed in like the uh, caves of Africa oh, or the islands of Africa, and Tarzan. They had the son of they they their son's name is Tarzan, and so Elsa and Anna's brother is Tarzan, and then they got killed by a jaguar. But that's a different story. But mind <laughs> blown. They survived. Yeah. They survived the ocean just to get eaten by a jaguar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sucks. That's, <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. But hey, well, they mean, made as, Tarzan out of it. Well, yeah, but as parents. Agnar and do they even give his her mom their mom a name? Like she in the second one they did. I think in the second one they do. Well, it's it's King Agnar and the they're well at least Agnar is the worst father ever because when Conceal don't feel yeah Yeah, exactly but when they go to see the trolls and Pabby's like look. I took out all the memories of the powers. We're good. Now, all you have to do with Elsa is learn, have her learn how to control it. So essentially practice it and be good with them. So Agnar's like, we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. They get back to the castle. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the opposite of all that shit. You're going to forget everything. I'm going to, you're going to hate yourself. You're going to shove it all down. And I'm going to lock you away from everyone else in the castle. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I, so... Here's a little, not really a theory, but a connection between Frozen and the Harry Potter universe. Okay, I can see this already. And this already. so to make that link, well, Ciaran, Ciaran Hines is Patty. Kieran. Kieran. Kieran is the proper Kieran. pronunciation. Kieran Hines is, <laughs> sorry. Kieran Hines is Patty, and he's also Aberforth Dumbledore in The Deathly Hallows and The Deathly Hallows Part 2. Really? And... One of the things in Harry Potter is if you hold in your magic and you repress your magic, you become a monster center, or a monster grows in you. It's mm-hmm. like a parasitic monster. And that's sort of what happens here where she repressed her power so much that 
when she released them, she caused a permanent winter. <laughs> the perfect formula for creating a complete psychopath supervillain is in this movie, and it should be Elsa. <laughs> yeah. She should be completely well, insane. <laughs> see, now I'm going to disagree you, with that theory in that, um, you know, the the basis of what they're going for for Elsa's powers is um, all the negative feelings is what causes the freezing and the eternal winter and it's fear and everything. And that's all the things that are like, they build up and they come to a head when she's at her coronation. But um, it's really like the the love and the the positive feelings that cause you know her to be able to control it and thaw everything and so i don't know that it's so much that it's a monster going within her it's just that it's it's the way the magic works in that it's how her feelings it's the polarization yeah. of her feelings no yeah what i would say what ross was getting at was it's not the power creates a monster within her. It's the people outside telling her that she has to repress that yeah. power yeah. that creates yeah. a monster. Yeah. yeah. She should be doing like what um what Iceman does in X-Men. She should be making little, yeah, flowers, that. little flowers or some shit like Skating that. Like she around should be learning to control it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like also, she should be a fucking superhero. Really, you know? Realistically, telling her to repress her powers should make her someone like Magneto in the X-Men universe. Yes. Yeah. But interesting mm -hmm. enough, and I thought this was, because when I read about this movie, this movie originally was supposed to be a totally different thing. It's based off of um, the Hans Christian Andersen story, uh, Snow Queen. The, the Snow Queen, the Snow but, Queen yeah. Yeah. Um, Elsa and Anna were yeah. supposed to be two different people. If you watch the original teaser trailer, it was like that. And then, um, then... Elsa and Anna were supposed to be sisters, but they really don't like each other. And then finally they made them the, like, and I mean, like they had like, this is like going like years into production. They're like, what if they made them like sisters where like Anna doesn't really understand her because she's younger, but then let's make Elsa like trying to control like the older sister, like dynamic and stuff. And it was like, I mean, like, it's like the Lion King. They, that's when they struck gold. Like that's when they really hit it. Like they hit the story off. If I'm being honest, I don't love Frozen as a movie. I, I don't. I don't. Like the whole that. movie. It's there's a lot wrong with it. My favorite part of this movie is that Alan Tudyk is in it. <laughs> oh, he's like in all of them now. He's in all of them now, though. Because he yeah, and been, he's great. Because he's, <laughs> I'm I'm saying this while my husband is in the bathroom. I have to quick say it before he gets back because he pees fast. He's the new um, Frank Welker. And and he's a better he's a better Frank Welker. You're a goddamn liar. <laughs> goddamn it, you're bad. I was saying that my favorite part of this movie is that Alan Tudyk's in it. Not he's anything new, like like Kara said, he's the new Welker. He's yeah. he's also Hey Hey and like nine different villagers in Moana. He's that's he's what Duke I was gonna Weaselton. say. My life was better when you were in the bathroom. My life's always he's, better when I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> now here's a little trivia for you. He's Duke of Wesselton in this movie. Weasel then, Yes. And then in, yeah, and then in Zootopia, he's Duke Weaselton. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that, that's like, the, like perfect. I'm thinking, that's you know, great. Yeah. Did you know there are posts about creating a religion, uh, worshiping Hey Hey from Moana? I love, hang on. I well. Got <laughs> I, you know what? I am going to agree with Mike that this, that Frozen, the first Frozen, there's, there's so much wrong with it. There's there's a lot wrong with it. The parents are hard. Like, Han is the villain. I couldn't I couldn't watch it. The I, first time, 
I tried to sit through it. I couldn't watch it. Han's terrible. Anna, Anna is the real villain. What the fuck is that? Tyler has produced a hey hey doll. <laughs> there's a, there's a, my girlfriend loves this. She bought this for me because she doesn't like Moana. I don't know why, but she lo- she knows I like hey hey. But if you can hear it perfectly, it go- it's really annoying. It goes. Oh my oh, god! I thought that was you See, making that noise. Now, when we discussed when we discussed this episode, I wanted to do Moana for uh, the live. Uh, now, Frozen, I will admit, had a bigger impact on culture, which gives it more to talk about. But I think Moana is a one hundred percent a better movie than Frozen. Why we're Why we're talking about the impact on on culture? Um, and I do I I do want to touch on this real. Not real quick, but I do want to touch on this. In Frozen 2, I want to know what makes me upset is that they didn't make Elsa a lesbian. They they were they were going to, or I don't know if they were going to, but a lot mm-hmm. of people were wondering if they would um, make Elsa. They're not ballsy a, enough to do that. They're not ballsy no, enough to do that. No, but you know what? Honest to God, this was the opportunity. This was the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. because... There was no way that mothers were not going to take their daughters to go see this because the daughters would have bugged them till the end of time to take mm-hmm. them to see this movie. No matter what their beliefs were, they would have given in. Like, you know, this could have been, this was the opportunity to say, hey, this is okay. This is, this is how, this is part of life. And you- and you know what bothers me the most is they decided in Onward to make the one-eyed, ugly troll yeah. thing that the lesbian. <laughs> yeah, that random cop be the lesbian who was like, oh, my girlfriend is all the time. And like, a- I remember seeing the three-second clip, you're right. And then I remember seeing on Twitter people like, like as sarcastically, they're like, diversity win. The ugly troll that has three seconds of film time is the LBGTQ, you know, um, representative character it's like really we're gonna like play that like now you're just yeah. like okay. a, little, people come in. a little a little off topic has everyone here watched king of the hill sufficiently no no <laughs> i love king of the hill and one episode hank gets a he gets his new license and it comes back with him being a woman on it and he's upset about it because he has to go get it fixed and then peggy has and peggy's one of my least favorite characters in television and she's written to be that way but she has a line where she's like well Hank I took a test and apparently I'm a lipstick lesbian which is the best kind (laughs) (laughs) nice that's that's kind of what Elsa would have been you know you know what Tyler I'm going to completely agree with you is they you know the first like really break out hey first lesbian animated character it was a throwaway line. It, yeah, they definitely missed the ball on that. They well, could have. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Frozen Two was big enough that mm-hmm. it could have it, it could have yeah. made it not only survived but still flourished. And well, I'm saying this too that like if like not to pander to a certain crowd like make someone like sing like a song about. I'm lesbian and I enjoy things that lesbians do, like that type of shit. No, like you just make it part of the story. Like just make them like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, uh, my sexual, my, my preference is women, like you know, or some shit like that. 
like nothing that is going to like pander or whatever just make it part of the story it could just have make been it like a, re- a self-realization or type of thing it could have been done so naturally with the two characters no. of elsa and honey Marin. Well, what I, yes I, i'm gonna say that so this conversation and the fact that we brought up Harry Potter makes me feel like I have to bring up the issue of J.K. Rowling. <laughs> oh yeah, and her her lovely thoughts on trans people. Yeah, she's but she's I'm every so... day proving herself to be horrible. <laughs> and, but like, at, so isn't that so sad start, though? It is, and yeah. I I love the Harry Potter books and movies, and she makes me not want to. Well, it's, it's, like, it's literally it's like Ellen DeGeneres. Yes, it's, I was about to say that. Find yes. it in Nemo and Finding Dory. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's, also, it's like, also like oh me God, with H.P. Like... Lovecraft. I think H.P. Lovecraft is one of the greatest horror writers ever. He's influenced pretty much every horror writer to come after him, Stephen King especially. But the man was an unrepentant, horrifying racist. And it is... Do you know what his cat's name was? <laughs> no, and I'm sure I don't want to know. <laughs> You don't. (laughs) This is not something I'm going to say on this podcast. You can look. You can. Everyone who wants to know, look it up. I'm not going to say it. We'll say Google H.P. Lovecraft cat. (laughs) If you do, it's the first thing that pops up. I looked at a Facebook post, and they were like, "Oh, look up H.P. Lovecraft." The third thing to look down was H.P. Lovecraft cat. That's what his called. Yeah, it's. I love how oh, that just comes up. Yeah, it's, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Well, that's the thing. Like with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it's it's N word, man. Is what it is, and that is that's despicable. But yeah, now that I've had, now that I've read that, I kind of don't want to say what I'm about to say. But I will say he's one of the most influential horror writers and writers of all time. And unfortunately, there was that side of him that was complete and utter, despicable, horrible racist. And I do. I, go ahead. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of what it is. I'm not trying. So obviously, it's not right, but it is also a product of their time, sort of. But still, you know, it's it's still it's it's unfortunately it's the legacy now if you watch the show lovecraft country on hbo they they address there's a line in the first episode which is unfortunately the only way i've gotten to i just haven't been able to get back to it but the first episode is great one of the main characters says it somebody mentions like oh wasn't this person horrible or whatever as a writer and like wasn't the real person terrible and he's like well you have to divorce the person from the writing mm-hmm. You know, yeah. their writing is different from who they may have been. The writing as the contributions that they gave us through their writing is so much more influential than what they were as a human being. So you kind of have to yeah. take the work over the person, kind of like Michael Jackson over the person, you know? And it's or yeah. even, even like yeah. founding fathers who own sl- like George Washington and right. It doesn't excuse what me, they did, but their con- greater contributions yeah. are better but, than what they and, were. You know, and don't get me wrong on like people like R. Kelly, like R. Kelly, like, like yeah, some people like if you listen to R. Kelly's music after what you found out about what he did and stuff, it's hard to listen to music, and that's understandable. Like that, that's that's reasonable. But like when it comes to like Michael Jackson or or something like that, like they made even big Kevin contributions. Spacey, even Kevin Spacey yeah, movies, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, like it, it gives you uh, it's a Brian... bad taste. It's a bad taste in your mouth. It's it's gonna leave, it's definitely gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth. 
but at the same time, you have to realize, like, okay, this is where movies went or music went after this. Now, it, it kind of does lead into why uh, there's a point I wanted to have about Frozen, if we want to get back to that, is Pabby the Troll, the head of the trolls. At one point, he, say, he says, we see when, uh, when Anna and Elsa are young, uh, Elsa accidentally freezes Anna. She, it's her head. She goes to the trolls. They, get, they go to fix her. Now, what Pabby does is he erases all of the memories of Elsa's powers, and he leaves the fun, he says. Now, later, we find out that Anna says, oh, I dreamt I was kissed by a troll. Now... That means that Pabby, <laughs> Pabby took away all of the ice powers, all of those memories, all that, but he left the fact that he kissed a child? Okay. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go another step where, <laughs> not directly talking about the creepiness, but a bit of a fixer-upper is one of my <laughs> least favorite Disney songs. That's a Thank fucked you. up song. Yeah. It's terrible. Up song. Hey, you know, it, what, you know what, girls? Settle. Because maybe he'll change. Or they, they completely what? shit on Kristoff the whole fucking time. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. he can do nice anything wrong. They no, do anything wrong. They right. completely shit. Yeah. Kristoff yeah. seems like a very nice gentleman. Right. He, like he's, he's a little. He's got a little bit of rough edges, but he seems like a but very nice because, man. He's by far the best because, male character. Clearly, he's better oh, yeah. than. It, it, you know, I mean, obviously he's better than Hans. So yeah, Hans, given. Hans is overall one. Conceal what you are. Hans yeah. is overall one of the worst Disney villains ever. I hate him. He's he's awful. He's the well, main the, reason that I don't like watching Frozen. And the twist is watch, stupid. The twist is stupid. Yeah, if you watch the short Frozen Fever, you see what happened. Or I think it was in Frozen. I think it's Frozen Fever. You see what happened to him. He is apparently cleaning up all of the shit on like whatever his home little island is. Yeah, so that's Isle what his Man's twelve whatever. big brothers did to him. They just made him clean up shit. Are you serious? I mean, none of these twelve dudes were like, "Wait, what was your plan?" Okay, we're gonna kill you now. We're gonna end of time. We're gonna banish you with the abominable snowman from uh, Monsters Inc. into the mountains. You know. <laughs> Or like, like have Elsa freeze him into like fucking ice crystals. Exactly. And then like drink no. them. <laughs> we were so we had gotten into the whole with Coco. We talked about the trick villain, and I brought up my issue with Disney doing it poorly in the Pixar episode. And Tyler brought up Frozen when shush 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 on another day. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was that other day we were getting to? Right. The day today, has come. The, the day has come. <laughs> And here's the thing, and this goes back to what I was talking to, where Disney, you know, as opposed to Pixar, Pixar hits like the emotional, oh, like, you know, where it's the very heartwarming, heart-melting moment, whereas Disney goes the, to the, oh, what? Okay. You know, like that moment. It's not in Frozen. It's not where Hans is like, oh, if only there was someone who loved you. Like, surprise, I'm the bad guy and what? Yeah, Sterling K. Brown's like, what? <laughs> what? No, it's, <laughs> it's more that, you know, Anna freezes and saves Elsa. That's the oh, what moment. And now that, Hans. now that we've mentioned it, can we at least address the fact that the first 
main black character in Frozen is played by one of our best black actors right now Sterling, in Sterling K. Brown. Oh, Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. That dude fucking rules. I love and, everything he does. And his character is actually great, too, you know? He is. <laughs> that dude fucking rules. Now, again, now, I mentioned it during Snow White with the pie, but... Midsummer is basically happening in the woods outside of Arendelle, isn't it? Yes, for sure. It kind of is, right? Because for even sure. during like the troll wedding ceremony, they kind of dress them up like the end of Midsummer. <laughs> like they might as well put Anna in like the flower suit that Florence Pugh's in. <laughs> the one thing yeah. I will say about you know the song, you know, he's a bit of a fixer upper. It, the only part that I think works about that song, because none of the rest of it works, is that it's a, it does kind of give some foreshadowing. Like, it, it is kind of nice foreshadowing to, to the end, but it's also an end that you kind of see coming a mile away. And they also insinuate that Han, uh, that Kristoff is fucking Sven. Yeah. That's not cool. And yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> and then he's like a... He tingles in the woods. Like, well, who does? Yeah. But, like, I mean, also they insinuate that, like, he's, like, this dirty guy that, like, needs to learn manners and stuff like that. But, like, no offense, but, like, he's told honest, like, he's been 100% real with her from the get-go. You know, whatever. He's been real with her. He's been telling her about, like, how the real world works and stuff like that. He seems like the most, like, grounded in reality character in the fro. Like, even though he talks to reindeer. It- the most grounded reality character in Frozen. In terms of, like, the male counterpart for the princess he's one of the best he's great (laughs) here's the thing yeah let's he's one of the realest let's you know air quotes male you know like uh disney princes that there is he's yeah he's got the most depth he really is the most genuine um he's the most honest if I this, mean, granted, not all men either, but, and, but come on. And one of the best songs in the second movie I think I've ever heard. Thank yeah, you. It is. Yes. Yep. That a lot of people, one of the best sequence too. One of the best sequence too on the film. A lot of people I know had a problem with that song, but it it's again like our our daughter went through the Frozen phase, and yeah. we had to watch Frozen two a million times. So, in my opinion, Into the Unknown is better than Let It Go. And yes, and and Hans and uh, not Hans again, Kristoff's song is so much better than Lost in the Woods. Yeah. Lost in the Woods. It's great. Yeah. I love that fucking it, song. So bring up it's the hat too. I mean it, I'm sorry, Mike. It gives the 80s rock queen it, and stuff. Yeah. Hair, yeah. The classic hair metal like tip of the hat. It's a power to, ballad. To Queen. It is it's Cinderella. It's a power no. ballad. Right. It's amazing. He sings the A chord holding the headphone like come on man. Yeah. That's the spot on. So I'm gonna bring up Elsa for a minute. And I, I've shit on Frozen a lot. I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, but Adina Menzel has an incredible voice, and oh, I can't, yeah. I, I can't oh, yeah. trash that at all. Have you guys watched the um, the making of Frozen Two on Disney Plus? It's I have it's called no. Into the Unknown. Into the Unknown, yeah. It's like a six part documentary on the making of Watch Frozen. Watch it. So. It's so so good, and. Yeah. Adina Menzel, when she's watching, like when she's watching her song Into the Unknown, and she's watching it, you know, while they pair it with the orchestra, it, I mean, it brought, no, it wasn't Into the Unknown. It's, it was it's Show Yourself. Show Yourself. It, I mean, that's not a good only, song too. 
Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Show yourself. If it brought me to tears, but also it, if it doesn't bring me to tears, it gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. Yes. It really does. Like goosebumps, literal goosebumps. And watching, and then watching her for the first time seeing that song that she's singing paired with an orchestra, it, it, it's nothing short of amazing. And she's got her kids there watching it with her. And it's just gorgeous. Like, please, mm. yeah, definitely watch that. Yeah. This is my little bit of a compliment sandwich with this. <laughs> the I bad the part. I love the, Family Guy. Is, so someone, is someone going to have smelly dog farts in this? <laughs> I, 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 I gave Sarah the compliment sandwich the other now, day. Who, she was, uh, the the snow monster thing she made with the icicle claws to keep people away? Marshmallow. She's a bad sister. Yep. <laughs> yeah. She's an outright bad sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but it's <laughs> and really, there's very few people that I look at this movie and root for. Yeah, the the first movie is weird because it's it's very much a not a coming of age tale, but it's it's almost like a it's it's a reverse romantic comedy, like it. Yes, it's it's kind of it's it's weird because at the end, like Kristoff is very much. And if this were a traditional romantic comedy, Hans would be like the bad boy that's set up as the love interest at first. And he's the one that this girl cannot get away from. She's obsessed with. But then there's like the best friend character, which is the real love. The one, the true love of her life, which is crazy. I do. I do have a good comparison for this. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen that thing all the way through. You've never seen that movie? Oh, oh, I've seen it. I've never Edgar made it Wright. If you guys I, ever do... If you guys I, ever we do have it, to do Edgar Wright. We have do, to do I'm coming Edgar back. Wright. I'm coming back for it. I'm coming back for it, man. I'm down for that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even care if you don't invite me. I'm coming back. Listen, you have been an amazing guest. You're welcome on whenever you want, bud. <laughs> Tyler, I, I, have you, a counter, I have a counter proposal. You and me start our own podcast. <laughs> yeah, and know. we talk about where, like, where the best, like, like the best characters to be lesbians are yes. in Disney movies. There's, there's so the much best. more that we could talk about since we're secret best friends, you know, like <laughs> unknown. And somehow oh, Steven but, Tyler and, plays a role. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somehow, somehow Aerosmith is the theme song leader. Steven, like, Tyler, Steven Tyler is so detached that he's just like on every episode and doesn't realize it. <laughs> and he looks like Mother Gothel now, so it might work. He does. He does. You know what? You shut your poor mouth when you're talking about Steven Tyler. You shut your mouth. No, I... You'll never I be as good as Simon Cow. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike was there. He watched. He witnessed it. The piano version of i don't want to miss a thing no lyrics no but just the piano that's what i walked down the aisle to at our wedding just oh really oh yeah isn't that the part isn't that the part of the film in armageddon where like the crater hits ben affleck right in the face or something it is yeah yeah the the asteroid explodes uh ben affleck into (laughs) molecules (laughs) To, to my point Hans is <laughs> Hans is Jason Schwartzman in play Gideon Graves in uh, Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. versus the World, where uh, oh god, why why did uh, what's his name Michael Sarah? <laughs> no, not Michael Sarah. Who is the uh, main actual person in Frozen that I can't remember his name? Kristoff. 
Kristoff. Kristoff is Michael Sarah. Well, Kristoff is played by um, he's uh, he's in Manhunter. Um, oh yeah, Jonathan Goff. Jonathan Goff, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, because he's, he's in Hamilton too. He's in Hamilton. Well, I had, we have to watch Hamilton. Well, I saw when I watched Manhunter and I saw him, I was like, oh, I love this dude. Then I realized who he was. I was like. I love. I think I like Kristoff even better, you know, because yeah. I'm picturing him. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing, I'm picturing Kristoff talking to like Ed Kemper, <laughs> like That's about ice. My, my <laughs> thing is saying with Frozen is there are parts that I really love, and then there are parts where I'm like, this is really dragging the movie down. Yeah. Like the entire character of Hans drags the movie down. Just the whole thing. Yeah. The parents are awful. Like. I like, you know, in the second movie, and this is why the second movie is so much better, they give them such a better story. Whereas the first movie, it's like, no, hide who you are, conceal it, don't, you know, conceal, don't feel. All that stuff, it's like, you know, that's the total opposite of what parents should do. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why the second movie is so much better. The, yeah. the one thing that I will say that both movies do well is they do they do really showcase and and this is you know something that you guys you know will never understand firsthand is how complicated this uh of relationship between sisters is um yes yes you know like i i, I mean sorry i act like i had like <laughs> what i was about to say is though yeah like i'm a guy saying that but like in the musical because i saw i was able to see the frozen musical before it closed on broadway but in and why I think that musical does better than even the whole movie is they flip the script and focus on the drama between the sisters because like there's not many that much effects that like you want to put on Broadway besides like Elsa shooting ice out of her hands or whatever. But on Broadway it was like really like like I felt like more tense the yeah. movie the scenes where Anna and Elsa were talking and like you know like in the beginning of the movie the beginning of the play I guess you could say where they like really did not like see eye to eye. And the movie, it feels like Anna is just like a spoiled brat that doesn't get that Elsa doesn't want to do something. While in the musical, they really put on like, no, I get why Anna's acting like this because she's trapped in like the house. And I see why Elsa's like this because there's a reason why the gates have been closed. Yeah. Sorry. That's my little rant there. Yeah. No, no, no. And honestly, and if we can, and you know, if we're going to take a couple minutes and really get real, it's, you know, I kind of look at like how I am with my daughter and how I'm, you know, like, hey, I'm allowing you to be yourself. And hey, if this is how you want to do it, great. Whereas like with my younger sister, I was always very critical, much like my, mus- my, um, my mom was to me. I'm very mm-hmm. critical to my younger sister, like, because I always wanted her to fit in. I always, I didn't want kids to pick on her in school. I always wanted and it came from a genuine place. It came from a good place. I wanted good things for her. I was trying to protect her. And, mm-hmm. but I was just doing it the wrong way. And I feel like that's the whole thing with Elsa and Anna. Like Elsa's in both movies trying to protect Anna, but she's that's, doing it that, the wrong way. I think yeah. that's something yeah. that comes up with a lot of sibling relationships where the older sibling always wants what's best for the younger sibling, but the older sibling is not usually wise enough to know how to deal with that and, and well so so it but it also go go ahead carrie yeah. yeah it can also yeah. come up as like very mean and Be- whereas brothers like like mike you even said it like the one 
like when you and Dan got into a fight, not into a fight, but um, you were playing a video game and you had like three hours of game time and he turned off the game before you could save it. And you hit him in the head with a controller. He threw you into a glass table and it's like, okay. I mean, how long after that were you guys fine? Uh, man, a brother relationships is always, it's like, oh shit, it's getting heated. Then it's like, yeah, you want to play like Call of Duty? Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, and I'm not going to say it's less complicated, but it's um, a lot more, it's, it's very more easily repairable. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. And mostly since I'm an only child and my cousin Alan's an only child and he has two sons. So he has brothers as kids. And the funny thing is when his, when his sons fight and argue, his first thought is, what are you doing? Just shut up. Stop it. You know, like, what's the matter with you? Like he doesn't get the brother relationship. And I really don't either. Like my first thought is, like for brothers, it's like, all right, punch him. And it's like, like a normal guy thing. It's like getting a fight and have be friends afterwards. Let's do this, you know? <laughs> and I totally get that because growing up, uh, I didn't get siblings until probably I was like 19, 20 years old, you know, like where I found like, and by that time they were already older when I found them. Um, but when I went to, like when I'm with my girlfriend's family and she has a fight with her siblings or her siblings is something really mean or, you know, whatever, I'm always like, I would kill to have siblings like you guys. Like, why are you taking this for granted? But it's also the way that they express that they love each other too, because like no one else could say this stuff without them being like me. Like it's mean to me, but to them, they're like almost like hashing out their stuff by like hurling insults at each other. You know, like it's, it's very weird. Like it's weird to me. One of my favorite favorite memes is always like, someone's like, Oh, an author writes a brother and sister relationship. How do they introduce to each other? And they're like, oh, hey, bro. Hey, sis. And people who are like siblings, they're like, that's not how it works. It's what? more like, it's like what's up, hey, what's up, slut? Hey, fuck face. But I would give my sister, like, I would give my sister a hard time about things like, um, and, and, and my brother too, not just my sister, but my brother too. And, but I would give my sister a hard time about things because I was afraid, like I would, I was rathering it come from someone who genuinely loves her than kids at school that are being mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. hey, you know, like you, you need to shave your legs or you need to pluck your eyebrows or you need to do this. Like, and it was like, I was like being one of those mean girls, but it was like, I, I felt like I was protecting her, but I wasn't like, she it came from a place of love, like came from a place of love. So yeah, but that, as an adult, I'm like, she shouldn't have had to deal with that shit at home. It's bad enough she had to deal with it at school, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. a, that's the whole point where it's like older siblings always want what's best for the younger siblings, but don't have enough experience to do it in the right way. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I always think, I personally believe that like, even when it comes to parents, like parents want what's better for, they want their children to have a better life than they had. And but the thing is that sometimes those experiences that you had as a parent is harder because you could see that your child is going through something similar, or whatever, and you kind of want to prevent that, or you know, like you're trying to like juggle all this stuff at the same time, but then you realize that like your kid needs to like really go through this to uh, like everyone, everyone has to go through this to grow up, and it kind of sucks because like as much as you try to prevent that and like 
shelter them, they're going to do something that's going to be stupid. And you're going to have to be there to pick up the pieces. You have, to sit, you have to sit back and watch it happen. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, so, exactly. But to bring it back to Anna and Elsa, it's really like, and that's, and that's the whole dynamic with Elsa and Anna is that Elsa is trying to protect Anna. In both movies, she's trying to protect her. Now she does yeah. try to send a snowman with icicle claws to do that, which is the wrong thing to do. But <laughs> only as well. Right. Kill <laughs> Anna. Yeah. yeah. Anna is the villain of Birth. Kill thing. her. But here's the thing. The, the snowman, he doesn't try and kill her. He just says, don't come back. He is perfectly happy when they fall 200 feet off a mountain. What Kristoff says is a pillow. Yeah, Kristoff Kristoff and his you know meteorological science right. that he has going on there. But no, yeah, El, like everything, Anna does, everything Anna does makes things worse. She is yeah. the villain of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, that's I, I feel like a lot of protagonists from Disney movies, everything they do makes things worse, which yes. doesn't make them a villain, but it does make them a liability. But with with Anna, she wouldn't be the villain had her dad just been like, Look, your sister is Iceman. She's got powers and she can do this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to help her practice, okay? We're going to help her practice. You're going to stand there holding this pot or whatever. She's going to try to shoot it out of your hand. You know, she's going to do all these things that are going to make her not insane. Can we, can, so we, we used to do the, uh, the, if you could replace the actor, who would you replace him with? Now imagine we replaced Anna's voice actor with Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Why? Why? Because he's frozen. Because he's frozen. <laughs> Uh, where no. is my super sister? Where is my sister? I would I would rather replace him. Now this is I'm gonna show my age a little bit. I would rather replace him with the guy that plays Mr. Freeze in Batman the Animated Series. Nice to meet you. Not Schwarzenegger. Oh, I love Wait, and those like, Schwarzenegger I've got random emotions a long time ago, Batman. Like, right, he's exactly. Like, oh, yeah. He's got that like weird, like robotic hollow kind yeah. of voice like Switch that yeah. voice in for Elsa. To be Wait, <laughs> I would crack up the entire movie if it was Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. That would be a good one, too. Right. That would be better. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice, the ice, ice Age. age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... The, the weird thing about Frozen is it's... Everybody's talking like because you you're certain there's a certain amount of Disney comedy that you expect in these movies. Mm-hmm. Like you have the genie in Aladdin, you have the dwarves in Snow White, you have Sebastian or Flounder, or to a certain extent, um, Scuttle in Little Mermaid. You have Olaf in Frozen. Well, yeah. that's the thing. You have the kids plush toy in the Frozen universe, which is he's just yeah. the most the thing that will sell toys. Yeah, to, yeah. to to quote the movie pitch meeting, he's just the most. Ad- adorable product placement exactly (laughs) but that's the thing with the first frozen there's so many parts where you're supposed to be laughing and i don't know maybe a lot of girls found anna saying wait what as hilarious like bennett to be the end all be all or to have olaf being like oh look i'm impaled like that that got a chuckle out of me but most of this movie i'm like there, there needs to be more fun to it. And I'm sorry, yeah. but whoever animated this movie has a fetish for women crying because Elsa is crying the entire 
goddamn movie. There is one, there's one moment. There's one moment in this movie that does make me laugh when Olaf's dreaming about Summer and he just goes, I'm going to tell him. Don't you dare. Yeah, Summer's got to tell it's, him. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah, but it's a great moment. They, the recover, they recover pretty well in the second movie when Olaf goes through the whole retelling of the first movie. That's yes. a great one. That is That's the funniest. Both times. Like, we were cracking up. Yeah. Both times because he does it during the movie and he does it in the end credits or yes, after he the does. credits too. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Like there, if you if you go back and you look through all the Disney full length animated feature films and Disney, not including, uh, you know what? I'm not sure if I included Pixar in this or not. But I mean, sixty percent of the Disney movies, despite you know, um, how women or how little girl focused Disney is. 60% of the movies have male main characters. So with that, it's like Disney, the Disney corporation is marketing genius at its best because you know, if you come out with a new Disney movie, little girls are going to want to go see it. But if you have a male as the main character, you're going to get little boys that are going to identify with it too. And you're going to, you're going to get more kids to see the movie. You're going to sell more toys. You're going to do like, if there's one thing you can give Disney credit for, it's their marketing skills. It's genius. And it's probably the reason why Aladdin's my favorite one, because it's, you know, the hero is a boy. And when in 1992, I was 10 years old. So like, I see that I'm like, Aladdin rules. Like, this dude's awesome. Right. You know? And, and then, of course, you need to add on the genie and Jafar. And, like, now, obviously, it's weird because as you grow older, it's like Jafar is my favorite now. It's like, I, I kind of identify with that dude. Like, I want to so, be rich and powerful another, and, you know, just completely destroy everybody. <laughs> another, uh, another like, recasting. If I was going to recast Olaf, it'd be Michael Pena. <laughs> oh, okay, I got that Ed from Ant Man. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. yeah. So then, so like, then this guy, it was crazy, right? And then this, guy, <laughs> and then this girl, she that would be funny. That would like, be very funny. Crazy. I love Michael Pena. So <laughs> she made me come alive, and like, I'm a thing now. <laughs> there's so many better. There's so many good Michael Pena. But like, you can talk about like boy, like you talk about boy movies or something like that. Like the movie that comes to my head, like in recent years or whatever, is Big Hero Six. Like yeah. I know, I love that, Big like, Hero Six, and it doesn't yeah. get nearly enough recognition. Yeah, if I was like twelve or thirteen, I saw that movie, I'd be like, "Oh, mom, you gotta buy me like Baymax toys all the time, mm-hmm. and I have to wear like Hero Habana like merch all the time." Like but this like, one's gonna be for Halloween for the next three years. Even if, but even if you go back to the earlier movies, like we were talking about before, you know, you know, everybody thinks, "Okay, Snow White, Cinderella," but look at. You know, the sword and the stone, the black cauldron, Robin Hood, um, all garbage. The, the rescuers. There's, there's a lot of. Wait, was it the rescuers or the Great Mouse Detective, where one of the animators snuck a a a, a clip of nudity in it? Where if you look in the hotel, the sequel, the sequel, yeah. rescuers down under, the sequel. Yep. Also, there's a giant dick in the VCH cover of Little Mermaid. Good. Oh yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Also, Good. doesn't doesn't the priest at the wedding get a boner? He does. Yeah, yes. he does. In the original print, but he has now been digitally altered. Well, also, we never talked about the original print for um 
the opening song for Aladdin. Where they, they will they will cut off your nose to spite those, your face kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, and um, in Aladdin, like watching it now on Disney Plus compared to remember watching it as a child, did they did they like kind of put a filter on the characters? Like, did they make the characters darker? Yeah, they've they've always the heroes have always been white, and the the villains have always been like the hook nose stereotypes. But That's they always yeah. Been that way. <laughs> Like a, Aladdin was modeled after Tom Cruise for Christ's sake. <laughs> right, but in yeah. the, in the, Ariel, it's Alyssa Milano, by the yep, way. Yep, Ariel yep. Alyssa Milano. Yeah, it's funny because I like to watch Charmed. Charmed was one of my favorite shows as a kid. <laughs> That's where I Charmed. Started. I like Charmed. Big Rose McGowan and showing Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I think me and you are like long lost brothers because you watch Charmed. And you watched uh, Once Upon a Time. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me, okay, I'm going to out myself. People are either going to be on Tyler fan club or they're going to be like, fuck Tyler. But I was a big Glee guy. I watch Glee every week. I never what really watched. Where's the button? Where's no. the mute button on Tyler? I was in theater through middle school and high school for a while, but I never watched Glee. I watch Glee. I, I love Glee. I, I love <laughs> Lynch. My girlfriend. Yeah, I love Jane Lynch. Makes like my girlfriend's like, what? Po- like, what interests you about the show? I was like, I-, I don't know. I just like couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> like, it's like I a train wreck. <laughs> I want to go back in time. I want to go back in time. Um, I want to use the time stone. I want to go back to the Pixar episode. I want to agree with Mike. Jane Lynch to replace Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can't agree. More Jane she's a little bit gruffer, but clearly she is a kinder spirit. But again, yeah. you're like, Oh, yeah, the psychologist in two and a half men. I'm like, Yes, that's perfect. I'm yeah. like, You should see me in my car listening to the podcast. Now, like, Carrie, what'd you think about my thing on Onward where Jack Black would have been the perfect thing for Barley? Perfect, yeah, perfect. I, I really 10 years ago, Jack Black, yeah. Like, I mean, Chris Pratt does, a, does an amazing job, yes. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not even going to say 10 years ago, Jack Black would have been a comparable Barley now. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Hey, when was Kung Fu Panda 3 made? Because it would have been Kung Fu Panda. People would have been like, oh, Kung Fu Panda's doing uh, a Pixar movie. But <laughs> you know what? But here's the thing not everybody was, I mean, little kids maybe, but like until you guys did Kung Fu Panda for your podcast, I didn't watch it until then. I'll be, uh, Kung Fu Panda so is amazing. It's, I, it's, it's well documented how much I love those movies. <laughs> Get on this podcast. That's one it? of the things yeah. that I meant to mention as a super fan um, was, you know, Keanu Reeves, Ricochet, Kung Fu Panda, Power Man 5000. Um, also, Mike has a top four of everything instead of a top three. Yeah. It's... Again, you know. It's either a top four or a top six. Yeah. It's always an even number. <laughs> It's never it's That's never crazy. what anyone would expect. <laughs> Listen, I like to be original and no one else does top sixes and I like There's to a reason agree. for that. <laughs> uh, no, I'll give him credit for originality. But yeah, no, I, I think that Jack Black was um was a great choice for that. But that was one of the things like with Pixar in the Pixar episode I I, I totally identified with was yeah, Jane Lynch would have been a perfect replacement for Ellen DeGeneres. Yes, I used to love Two and a Half Men, Psychologist, that whole thing. Awesome. Um, I forget where I was going. You usually do. I do. 
right, so we're at about the three hour mark and we haven't even oh, gone God. into our closing segment yet. Yeah. The last thing I was going to say about Frozen is once, like, let it go is literally uh, Elsa becoming a sexual ice, a sexy ice goddess. But, that is a drag queen song. Like, you know, like, I can imagine, like, that being, like, the choice. In terms of Disney movies, Frozen is the biggest like consumer movement overall. Like yeah. the uh, the following for Frozen is so much larger than say like Moana or Zootopia or yeah. billions billions of dollars. Yeah. Billions of dollars are going well, to And really Moana's a better movie. Well, yeah, if, and if you want to talk about uh, drag queens, we, we, can we briefly mention that Ursula is based off of Divine? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Did you guys watch? Ursula, Ursula's in my top five favorite villains. Exactly. Ursula's you guys, yeah. And John Waters is you know, biggest. On Disney Plus, did you guys, on Disney Plus, did you guys watch the documentary Howard yet? I haven't. Is it based on Howard the Duck? No, it's based, it based on, on Howard Stark. It's based off of Howard Ashman. The guy who wrote the music for Little Mermaid, Beauty and the yeah. Beast, and uh, Aladdin as well, before he passed away from AIDS complications. But at the same time, like it is amazing how like like he was like like he's the one who picked. He was like Ursula's this character, like Ursula's like this like portrait, like whatever. And it's that's like one of the big aspects of the movie. I gotta grab my last beer. I'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Water. John Waters' his favorite um, actor or actress is Divine, and that's who Ursula is modeled after. So if you Google John Waters Divine, you'll see who she was <laughs> modeled after, and it's amazing. It really is. <laughs> but I love it, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna agree with Michael on this. She's one of my favorite Disney villains, and I will argue there's a lot of things that can be argued why she's one of the one of the best disney villains if not the right. best wrong i know i know jafar wrong. by for god's sakes best female wrong. best female disney villain what oh, do you for sure. okay i'll give you that one. Oh, okay wait actually close second maybe maybe like edging in the same place mother gothel from Tango. mother gothel or cruella de vil uh, I don't know about Cruella de Vil because I'm more I'm more familiar with the live action Glenn Close. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say right. I feel like Glenn Close plays yeah. it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Glenn Close Which, is amazing. By the way, you guys know about the next live action Disney movie is gonna be? It's gonna be Cruella, and you know who plays uh, Cruella de Vil? It's Emma Stone. Yeah. Really? yeah, yeah. Wow. They're doing what more the, like a Tim uh, Burton kind of thing. It's kind of like Cruella yeah. with Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what an odd thing. Like what an but, odd like. Are you making I'm, I'm interested for Yeah, but speaking yeah, it's of really weird. Glenn Close, and that's one of the things. Like when Disney finds, when Disney finds a good actor or even a good voice actor, and that's one of the things that we didn't talk about with the earlier Disney movies is the amazing voice. Nah, let me try that again. The amazing voice acting that's not recognized because there's a lot of voice actors that are repeated in Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Lady yeah. and the Tramp, like. There's, <laughs> The, the thing with the, the amazing voice actors yes. is it ruined some of their careers going forward because they were only recognized as Disney voice actors. It's crazy, but like the um, what was it? Uh, and I have it. I have it here. It was the Wicked Stepmother for Cinderella. She was also um, 
and sleeping she was maleficent and sleeping beauty she was you know like so many boy voice actors played multiple roles in all the older disney movies because they were so good and they continued that with the newer movies where you can tell like it's not just disney pixar with you know ratzenberger who's amazing by the way um just throwing that out there Mm -hmm. but like it's kind of like once you're in a disney recognizes you as an amazing voice actor you're in and oh yeah, for you sure. You will be back. Yeah. Like Glenn Close, like she wasn't just live action, she was also it, um voice it includes this, it includes Studio Ghibli because you got a lot of the Disney regulars and yeah. doing well, the voice because, dubbing for di- for yeah, Ghibli. Once once Disney acquired Studio Ghibli, they used all their regulars. Yeah. And uh so I guess we can probably transition to us into our since we've we've gone quite long on this, why don't we do our top three favorite Disney characters each? I'm down. And, um, so I would say maybe Tyler, why don't you start us off? Uh, give us your number three favorite Disney character of all time. Number three, Goofy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Goofy. I agree with that on a level, but he also pisses me off in Kingdom Hearts because he can't control him and he'll go off and die and on you. He also yells boil for no reason. <laughs> why does. doesn't his <laughs> dog talk too? Yeah, right. What the <laughs> fuck is what, that about Walt? What is what what dog breed is is Goofy versus Pluto? It's like yeah, it's a full race of yeah. dog humans, you know. Not only that, but they make him. Uh, and I agree with you when we talked about this before the podcast even started. That three quarters of us, minus Ross, love a Goofy movie. Yeah, I'm no fan. But I don't. I love a Goofy movie. That's like top two favorite Disney movie. But, I love the skateboarding culture in it because it's so '90s skateboarding. It really yeah. I, I yeah. through that, that culture. Is true. That's it, probably why I don't <laughs> like it. It's so '90s too. He doesn't have a chain wallet for one, so that's. Or he's not, and he's not soapboxing either. Exactly. Like, that yeah. just completely eliminates it. Right <laughs> a bit of a plug for. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 got re-released recently to reaffirm the Power Man 5000. <laughs> there you go. That's, oh, that's the natural way is. to bring it up. <laughs> Power Man 5000. No, but, like, Goofy, the cat, the, but Goofy gets annoying in that movie. Like, he, he does. He's a fucking hobo. Why does he dress like a hobo? You're a hobo. No, You're I feel like hobo. Goofy doesn't Goofy's getting annoying. He loves his son so much. He, that does. he tries to protect him. Like, and then he realizes that, like, oh, my son is from a different generation than me. But overprotective parents get annoying. But all, yeah, but, and, and all dads are like, oh, dad, you're such a nerd. Like, but he takes it way over the top. No, but then, but you have Pete and Pete, uh, PJ. And PJ's like, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. that type of shit. Yeah. Yeah, the juxtaposition is is really well done, but at the same time, like Goofy I don't. Gets really so you brought up dads being annoying and embarrassing. Let's. So, Are you gonna talk about my uncle Kevin? I am, and Aunt, <laughs> and Aunt Margie. Oh, every man. dad is Goofy. Every so, dad Aunt Margie goofy. knew how to download podcasts. She'd be very upset. I'm not. <laughs> this isn't. This is. It's just whenever either of them does an impression. Her and my dad do the exact same impression. It's just the boy and girl version, correct? They really do. <laughs> 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 Shit. 
That's sad. All right, so hey, Karen, what's your number three? My number. Oh, I was prepared to do five. Just do your third. Timon. Perfect. Why? Timon. Timon. Over Pumbaa. Over yes. Pumbaa. Live action or animated? Because uh, yeah, Seth Rogen. Come on, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Is it? Is I do it love Billy, Seth Rogen. Is but, it Billy Eichner or Nathan Lane? Oh, I love Nathan Lane. He's so good. I love the birdcage. I love everything Nathan Lane. This does. is true. Oh, I love the birdcage. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane is the second best part of Austin Powers Three. But yeah. Oh, but Timon. <laughs> oh yeah. But here's the thing. Both, both Timon's live action and cartoon, the character is intelligent, but like kind of dim, and he's kind of a and dick, but he's lovable. I I love Hula? everything about him. Hula? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What do you I want love to that part. Dragon <laughs> Hula? Like, I just. Yeah. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Mike? What's your number three? Scar, my favorite Disney villain. There you go. He's. Now, is it, is it Jeremy Irons or is it Shit with Elegy? You course? shut your Jeremy Irons, shut up. <laughs> if they were gonna, if they were gonna bring back James Earl Jones, they should have brought back Jeremy Irons. That's too. true. <laughs> there, there are parts though where Edgy of Four is kind of. He's kind uh, of I, I, I don't think he does the bad job for the. He actually he plays. There's two lines in that in the live action where he does it actually a little bit better than Irons. It's the one where it's no Mufasa, perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. Like he influ he emphasizes the right words better. But then mm. there's the where uh, little Simba's like, one day I'm gonna give you orders. Isn't that weird? You know, and then he's like, oh, no idea. Like, yeah. It's like that dead-eyed stare where he's like, you have no idea. You know, it's like, oh, but that also brings up lion fetish. <laughs> so this is him being kind of nuts. <laughs> that's also bringing up the major issue with uh, the live action where the lions have no expression. Where yeah. the no expression yeah. works for that line it does not work for pretty much every and, other line yeah, and true. it's and the thing about all the live action things yeah like even Mulan you could say like it brought something different to the table like it's Wait, really we, simpler you didn't you know, pay like, 30 bucks to see that yeah, shit did you no spoiler I watched no I watched I watched the reviews on like YouTube oh. and stuff but like, when it comes to like the Lion King, it is a beat by beat remake. Yeah. With just like live, it's like uh, nothing's new here. Like when people complain about the new Ariel, that she's gonna be black or whatever, I'm like, what's the problem? Like you have yeah. the original, you can watch the original, right. you can watch the Little Mermaid and enjoy it. This is just a new take on like your classic tale that somebody else is gonna do, and I think right. that's what's like reputable about it. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the live-action Lion King, the only thing it does is add a ridiculous, just completely unnecessary song by Beyonce. And it, yes. you don't need her stupid spirit song, where she says spirit 40 times, and that's it. You don't need mm -hmm. it. The world does not need <laughs> right. more Beyonce in any capacity. And I don't need the dung beetle rolling a ball of shit so that Simba's fur can get to Rafiki. Mm -hmm. I don't need very it. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Very weird part, it. yeah. Remember the thing that the, when I told you to shut your horn mouth, remember way back when I. But the if, the remake of the Little Mermaid is casting Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. I, I okay just, okay just I'm down for that. just I'm to be clear. So Melissa McCarthy's very close to making my hate list when we do that episode <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> I do not like Melissa McCarthy in comedic roles. When she does serious, 
I actually like her. When she was in the kitchen, I kind of liked her too. She's like, in Acquired like, Taste. She awful really movie, is. awful movie, but she's Saint, in the kitchen. Saint Vincent, I really liked her. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. if you get too much of that, like letting her riff Melissa McCarthy, which is like she's, the Melissa McCarthy role, it gets tiresome. It really she's does, yeah. the female version of Larry the Cable Guy. If you let her go too yeah. comedic, yeah, but I feel like you hate her so much, like you hate her, like she's like that yeah. person that's like, and that, that's a perfect villain because you are like, oh fuck, like anytime she's on the screen, I'm gonna be pissed off, and that's but, what you want from like a movie. Like, but here's the thing. If she goes a serious route, like a more, it doesn't have to be totally serious. It could have lighthearted moments. Mm-hmm. But if she's a more serious route, I genuinely enjoy her. I liked her in St. Vincent. Yeah, That's like the only movie she... I liked her in, but I liked her in it. I like her when she's kind of toned down or if she's a cameo. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a giant yeah. fan if she's a main character, you know? Like but Saint as Vincent, Ursula, she's... I can see her being pretty great. I can see She's it. not going to match Pat Carroll, but she's going to be pretty good. No, I she's think not. She's going to be pretty all right. Because really, Ursula was just outside of my top three. Yeah, she's right. She's my number four, if anything. Yeah. She, she's right on the edge there for me. But, you know, since it is for me, I would say number three for me is Jeannie. Now, if they did an Ursula. Who was your number three? Jeannie. Jeannie. The Jeannie from Aladdin. It's, it's Robin Williams now, and the Jeannie. Okay. Here's a little controversial thing, you know, whatever. If I, if they did an Ursula origin story though, like an origin story of Ursula, I'm going with Leslie Jones. Okay, I can see it. Now, would yeah. you get, would you include her sister Morgana, who shows up in the sequel? Uh, I I actually I'd like. Okay, did you like the sequel? My girlfriend. I thought it was fine. It rehashes a lot of the main points of the original, but yeah, it's, but it's fine. I also like I also like the idea that Ariel's dealing with herself, like. It's like Ariel's like like again the whole story of like the parent has to deal with the mistakes that you know whatever and she's trying to be like almost like a helicopter parent like she turns into yeah. what like her Triton dad was, was yeah. like what Triton was and I was like okay I could see this and stuff like that but um and I I, I think like the whole Morgana thing it's like what if Ursula was thin like that's just like yeah. a whole like and it's even voiced by Pat yeah. Carroll too like she doesn't yeah exactly voice, <laughs> yeah it says like really like really guys yeah. It's like I mean I'm glad they got her back because she's an amazing voice actress, but it's like, yeah. Okay, what if what if Ursula was skinny? Like you said, you know. Yeah, exactly. Ur- Ursula is probably in my top three villains. Top. She, it's, for she, me, it's Jafar, Scar, and Ursula. Those are the three you need. Oh really? I would really? I would right put Judge Claude Frollo makes it for me. You love that. I'm guy. going. You love that. I'm going guy. Hades, Hades, Jafar, and I'm. I, I'm I just lost my first one. Hades, Jafar, and probably, yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Scar. I'm going to go with Scar because I think that was just a fantastic so, performance. My thing with Hades is he's so sarcastic that I'm just like, I support this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I connect with him. why not? <laughs> I connect yeah. with him. <laughs> it's, it's, you're going to have a sarcastic character. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, <laughs> all right, so Tyler is your number two. Alright, for all anyone who is like wants the classics, you know, like watch TV when they were a kid, was a latchkey kid. I wasn't. I was born past the age by watch Toon Disney. I'm going with the classic Uncle Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Okay. That is I my like number it. two. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's like, again, a judge and law a, and order episode. I'll allow it. <laughs> here's a here's a shameless plug. I like it. Oh uh, wait, hang on. Here's a shameless plug. 
if anybody's out there who hasn't watched the first two seasons of the new DuckTales show, watch it. It is, is that spot on. Um, it's on Disney Plus. And David Tennant does the voice of Uncle Scrooge. Nice. I love David Tennant so much. I like it. I like he it. is perfect. He is perfect. Like like even it. he did he did a version of Hamlet that was a more modern version, really? and he was so good. He's my second favorite version of Hamlet in terms mm. of film. Mike, great Jessica Jones, no Gibson great being Doctor Who. I was gonna say Kenneth Browner actually. <laughs> now I know this isn't uh, Ducktales, and this might be more my generation. But did you used to watch Tailspin? Yes. Yes. I watched Tailspin. I watched Tailspin Bonkers. Uh, gummy bears. Um, nice. Oh, well, what was that one? Goof Troop. That's yeah. how I like. The, I think I, that's why I like the Goofy movie so much. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Darkwing Duck is one of my favorite. I love Darkwing Duck. Dark- I, said, I mean, Tails. <laughs> Disney I love needs Tales. to make a movie about Darkwing Duck. They need to make a movie right now about Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Starring Liam Neeson. Literally. Okay. Maybe not him. But like, uh, I'm going with Idris Elba. Yes. Oh, okay. I like it. I'm going like Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, why? I like yeah, him. He's, like he's a young guy, but he's a young boy. I guess or, he's not that okay. young anymore. He's, I think he's pushing 50 now. You know, I think he'd be pretty great as it. Yeah. Why I was I thinking Timothy. about the guy from Dune? I was thinking about the guy, the young kid, Timothy uh, oh, Chalamet. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what the f- 50? <laughs> you know, Timothy yeah, right. Oliphant yeah. was yeah. born in 68. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant was 60. Now I got you. Now I got you. Yeah, all right. Kara, number two. Oh, yeah, you're number two. I, I, I can't decide. It's, uh, you know what? Actually, no, I can't decide for my number one. My number two is Cinderella. I love Cinderella. She's, she's the, well, the second original Disney princess. It's kind of like she stays kind and true through the whole movie and things work out for her. You know, I love the pureness of the character. So you're saying the human doormat is your second favorite character? No. <laughs> it's more like she kind of, she endures. Like a doormat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you can have your divorce. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, it's on record. Yeah. I, I was not <laughs> signing just to torture you, but now I'm just going to sign. <laughs> no, I like I. You know what, Cinderella. I, I love the movie. It's it's my favorite original Disney movie. Like I said before, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with that with number two because I have a tie for my number one. Cinderella is definitely like in terms of Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, or Cinderella. Cinderella is my favorite of the three. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, she she. I mean, the mice this. are fun. Cinderella's a likable character. It moves. It's she's the only one that doesn't deal with necrophilia. Not to mention she that, is. <laughs> this um, is true. <laughs> who and uh, and you can give them an additional plug. Who's your friend that does the New Jersey memes? Oh, uh, that's a uh, that's my friend Colleen. Oh wait, no. Who was on your podcast? The oh, Dallas that's Mammoth County memes. Max yeah. and Jr. Okay. Because there is a meme where their wicked stepmother is laying in bed petting the cat Lucifer. And literally, and it's like, this is what I'd rather be doing with my Friday night. And literally, <laughs> that is me and my cat Z. Yeah. That is that is us. <laughs> yep. uh, should, we, should I just ignore the obvious innuendo with that? 
Yeah, yeah, just. Mike, you're number yeah. two. All right, so since Ross, my number two was going to be Genie, but since Ross already listed Genie, I'm going to list my favorite Disney princess with Belle, and she just has the cutest case of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's also dealing with a sexual predator at the same time. Right. I'm gonna go back to, I, again. I'm gonna go back to the Pixar podcast where Mike's like, "I need a girlfriend so we can double date to Disney World." Tyler's like, "You." <laughs> you remember right. that? I regret putting myself out many, there. How many girlfriend requests have you gotten since that episode? I have to know. And cure your. And, what am I trying to say? Inqu- I'm not sure 11.9. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. There you go. Uh, you know what? I'm not putting my dating life on this podcast. <laughs> oh. It's a good call. Right. So, so Tyler can't <laughs> call it cute right. again. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say? Oh, how, uh, how average. <laughs> so I would mm-hmm. say with that, my number two is Ariel. The... The pre uh, Bell, I guess we'll say the one right before Bell. I lo- I love Ariel. She's you know based off of based off Alyssa Milano. She's she's got my favorite song, probably "Part of Your World." And also, this I'm is guessing you I, watched. I'm guessing you watched "Embrace the Vampire" before. What? No. <laughs> that's, what, that's that's what she shows her titties for the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I I'm, I know what you're talking about because I've been in internet creep. But yeah, I I know what you're talking about. But because we've gone this long and we always mention the animated creeps, with like the animators beating creeps and all the weird stuff, I will say that Ariel is my Disney princess crush. I think she's the the best really? looking one. Okay, she's the hottest one. I think she's just the best Disney princess. I love Ariel. She's awesome. And plus. She's basically Aqua Girl. She's Girl Aquaman. That's what she is. Okay. Okay. That's what Rapunzel would be for me if she had bigger boobs. Okay. So Pam Anderson is Rapunzel is what you need? Yes. Okay. So. And I'm done. All right. Tyler, on that note, what's your number one, buddy? You ready for this? Uh, Do it. Hit me. I'm braced. I'm bracing right now. This one, no one expects it. No one, you know, whatever, but like. Is it the Surprise. Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> Surprise. Surprise to me, no. It is Jiminy Cricket. What? Huh. Yeah. I was not expecting Jiminy Cricket. I'll be honest, Jiminy Cricket in Once Upon a Time, Jiminy Cricket is one of the best characters. Jiminy Cricket is the you best. You love that show, Jiminy Cricket. Are they paying you? I I just, I, it's a show. Are you on Disney and ABC's Pocket? It's a show that uh, it extends a lot of the stories for characters, so I feel like you get to get a better look at the characters in that show than most movies. Now on Disney Plus, which is true. Is it on Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. It's an ABC show, so it's probably on there. Yeah. Tyler, I have to ask you, and this, and I didn't bring it up because it didn't, you know, because I really didn't know the origin of it. But in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, at one point, one of the dwarves, and I forget what it says, they say. Jiminy Crickets, like that, like as a I saying. Think Doc. I think Doc might be. The Maybe one Doc, Doc says, says it because it because it because the fire is coming from the chimney yeah. or whatever. Well, right. Doc might be schizophrenic. Now, granted, um, oh, I said dyslexic, but both. Yeah, it could be both. 
schizophrenic dyslexic you know that's a that's a different <laughs> podcast but no um <laughs> but the thing is is Jiminy Cricket wasn't uh, or I thought wasn't introduced as a character until Pinocchio but was he introduced yes that no he was in Pinocchio his first appearance and I mm-hmm. think the best thing about Jiminy Cricket was that he was like he, like when I was younger I always was like let your conscious be your guide and I would this is true this might be some some people might be going on at the moment with this but I pretend like if I was going to do something I pretend Jiminy Cricket was on my shoulder and he was telling me if it was good or bad or what to do. Do you kind of, do you like how Toy Story 4 kind of- Is that creepy? Is that creepy? I thought that was cute in my head. But now it's creepy. No, it's it's creepy. It's definitely creepy. (laughs) I was like, I think it's I was like four. (laughs) Even worse, man. Yeah, I, oh, was I thought 14. that was. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was odd because they said that in Snow White and Jiminy Cricket was in Pinocchio after that. Yeah, that's just yeah, Disney I think thinking that ahead. Was like, yeah. yeah, but Dropping I didn't know if maybe hints, there was a cartoon. Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it was the, that Jiminy Cricket was figure. first groups in Pinocchio. If Snow White was number one in 37 and Pinocchio was number two in 40, it's they didn't have much <laughs> before that. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have Steamboat Willie of Jiminy Cricket. But, uh, all right, hon. You're number one. You said you had a tie. I did. I have a tie between Ursula and Scar. Okay. They're my two favorite Disney villains. Yeah. And they have the most depth. Ursula has know. like my favorite, one of my favorite Disney villain songs. Yeah, Poor Unfortunate Souls is pretty great. This is Poor Unfortunate Souls. I mean, I, I love the song. <laughs> I love the character. I I want to see the backstory of the character because even in. And the Little Mermaid, she says, "Oh yeah, when I lived in the palace, we used to have magic, a magnificent." Basis. And apparently, she was bigger because she says she's wasted away to almost she nothing in the Little Mermaid. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that's kind of mm-hmm. we never brought up a sarcastic the, line, but we never brought up the Nazi imagery from Be Prepared. Yeah, it's we didn't. It's it's not great. Oh yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Our daughter sings Be Prepared. Um, she loves to sing prepared <laughs> she does and terrible and it's adorable right. um, uh, yeah. the worst part of the remake is actually the changed lyrics for the songs it, it, yeah. but it, it actually I'll defend it because it works with Chiwetel Ejiofor's voice and what they're kind of going for it kind of does work with the mood of what they're going for like the more serious type menacing type it kind of does work but i i agree the animated is much better jeremy yeah. Irons, yeah is better in every way but i'm glad they did take out the goose step yeah um, also i i like that eric andre is one of the yeah it is pretty funny him. it, it is, is pretty funny um, keegan michael got key yeah if i was gonna yeah. if i was picking which cast i like the best the lion king is actually up there because i do like a lot of the cast that they put in with yeah, the John live Oliver's action. the bird John yeah. yeah, if you take um, uh, Donald Glover, John Oliver, then you put Keegan-Michael Key and, my, and uh, Eric Andre, and then you add in um, Whoopi Goldberg as Shenzi again, and then you swap um, Billy Eichner, keep him as Timon, and then bring in um i can't think of his damn name but animated pumbaa 
Ernie Sabella. Ernie Sabella, that's it. Thank you, on. Yes. But you, you you make that like your all star cast, and then you, of course you got Jeremy Irons. Wait, Nathan got... Lane isn't making your all star cast? Yeah. I I kind of enjoy Billy Eichner better. Sick. I think he's a little bit really? like, more sassy, and I like that. I would go really. Opposite. I would go Nathan Lane with Seth Rogen. And that's another good pairing. I I mean I think either pair. But I, I so I think Timon and Timon and Puma, both both castings were pretty good. I yeah, mean. oh, they are. They really are. But uh, for some reason, I just like the fact that Billy Eichner is a little more like sassy and kind of pissed off at his best friends with Pumba. Like when he doesn't stop him from saying the word fart, and he's like, "No, you disgust me!" Like that. Yeah. Like that, that was funny. That I was like funny. That. And then, like later, when he when um when a uh, grown Simba is now doing the Hakuna Matata, he's like, "Oh, great! Now he's riffing Pumba. This is a nightmare." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. I don't have. I really don't. I right. don't have much in the way with issues with the voice casting of. No. The, it's, oh, yeah, because it's, it's only the animation yeah. for that. It I mean, really they pulled is. the best. Yeah, they pulled the best characters they possibly can. Like Disney knew that, like they're gonna. Even, um, people well, gonna see this movie. Even yeah. what's her name? She's in, from Black Panther as uh, a yeah. more serious version of the hyena. Yeah. Works. It works. It works with the style of animation. Like yeah. if she were more animated, yeah. it wouldn't work. That's the thing. I mean, honest to goodness, if there's a if there's a takeaway from this episode of the podcast, it's that Disney can't go wrong when they pick voice actors. They nail voice acting every time. And Florence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Florence Kasumba is the actress. But yeah, Ursula. I I love Scar. I love Jeremy Irons. I love everything about him. Um, but Disney but, has the power to get whoever they want. So, like, if they're like, oh, yeah. um, John Hamm is a perfect actor for this, and they'll be like, oh, we could just get him. Like, that. that's all they have to do. Dude, right. you've mentioned it. I feel like we need John Hamm and John Hamm in a fucking Disney movie now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, as a bad guy, too. Yeah, that'd be great. Because so, he never plays a bad guy. That uh, that's great. what we, we talked about, uh, Good Omens, a couple times. Yeah. And that's, I want that version of John Hamm in Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a good one. Now, uh, Ursula, so. Yeah, Ursula is my favorite. She's, she is a, um, she's kind of like the opposite of Cruella DeVille. She's a full body villain that is still like kind of sexy in a way. That is like evil. she's not afraid to shimmy the hell out of her. Yeah. And the first thing that pops yeah. out of that wedding dress at the end of the little movie is those boobs. Yeah, when she goes from Vanessa to Ursula. Yeah. Oh, you got you know, like it's just like remember she, that she's menacing. She's powerful. I love it. She lives in a seashell vagina, and she has a yeah. great song. Oh no, that is an anus. Oh, I always think it was a vagina. No, that that seashell is an anus for sure. That said, Mike, why does the Little Mermaid have so many sexual innuendos? <laughs> because animators are creeps, man. <laughs> it's not as bad as the three giant boobed blondes in Beauty and the Beast, the one of which puts her boobs over the water like pump. <laughs> and none of this as bad as the giant boob old ladies in Coraline. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Yeah. But, uh, and if you notice in the earlier Disney movies, um, you look at Cruella Deville, you look at the um, if you remember the rescuers, did you go back and watch the rewatch the rescuers? I didn't re I did not enjoy that movie the first time and I haven't rewatched it in a little Really? Time. I like no, enjoy that movie. It, it it's depressing. It's it's not a bad movie, but it's so depressing. But the villain in mm. that, the old woman, 
can you admit that she and Corella Deville both have like their god awful skinny and they have those pointy boobs? They have like those that no bra yep. pointy boob feature. It's it's ridiculous. So I do like that. Uh, I do like that they got away from that in the newer Disney movies for sure. Now, my number one might be the equivalent of Bross making B-Movie his favorite DreamWorks movie. I like it. <laughs> I like it already. Crunk. Okay. It's crunk. It's always been crunk. I was thinking that. I was thinking I love crunk. I love Patrick Warburton. I crunk. It's <laughs> by, like all he... ac- by all accounts, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he has the little <laughs> over his waist. Like he, he literally pitches a tent. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's like, oh, I took squirrel as a, he's talking with the squirrel for most of the movie. And then there's the part where he's actually cooking everything in Cusco and Yzma keep walking in and requesting new things. It's yeah, where he's the shorter cook. I love it. I love I I love that pet. And granted, Yzma was in contention because Eartha Kit as Yzma is great. <laughs> Can I, kid. can I also awesome. say, Yzma also goes back to the very skinny, pointy boobed, very sharp featured villain. Yeah, but I yeah. think she, I think she was more of a satire on that villain than actually that villain. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, that's that's a good pick. Now, yeah. Crunk, I picked Crunk. Crunk is the most memed Disney character. Of course. Especially in 2020 with the oh boy apocalypse bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who had that coming? But uh yeah. So yeah, my number one, we've mentioned it before, and I will say it again, is Jafar. It's hands down Jafar. If if I'm gonna be watching, if like my daughter will probably make me do it for the rest of my life, is watching one Disney movie over and over again. I'm gonna try to make sure that she makes it Jafar and Al- in Aladdin. <laughs> I love that character. Freeman is perfectly cast, <laughs> plays it perfectly. And Jafar is, he's menacing, he's evil, but he's also kind of funny. Like, yes. when, when, there's I love, when he's talking to Iago, he's like, I love your evil, twisted mind. <laughs> I love the way your foul little mind works, yeah, is yeah. what he said. In a lovely little, like, you know, double meaning. Or thing. when they're in the lamp, when they're stuck together in the lamp, they're like, move over. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's Also, exactly. like, eat, eat your heart out, evil. Eat your heart out, evil queen. Jafar does the old person transformation yep. way better. <laughs> yep, whoever has the gold makes the rules, you know. It's but yeah, he's he's so good. And then I there's two lines that he delivers that I think are perfect delivery. It's when he says, What? Like that, and then he says, ecstatic. <laughs> like when he says that, I think it's just perfect. And the thing so a lot of people talk about Disney villain songs, and I don't think Prince Ali reprised is brought up enough because I I don't think you hit the manic nature of villains quite as well in any song as you do in the reprised version of Prince Ali. Like yeah. he's full blown insane at that yeah. point. So yes. Prince Alex, Ali. Ali. Yeah, and then he you know does all Johnny Carson golf swing the the shoes. Yes, up in the air. yes, <laughs> it's so good. And honest to goodness, it's it's so funny because you don't like it. It, it's such a good part of the. It's such a good part of the movie, and Mike, until you like really pointed it out, like you don't, 
realize it as a standout point. Yeah, it's it's, it's very a, underrated it for a, yeah. for it a villain a song. Point. And that Sultan vile betrayer to you, yeah. I love that line. Well, <laughs> Even though it's Yago that says it, it's, it's about yeah. Jafar. And, and Yago has the little <laughs> yeah. I can't. You brought up Jafar again, and I can't bring up how much I hate the live action Jafar. He's terrible. He's terrible. Mm. so terrible. He's not awful. I know. I will give that actor Stiff. credit. There, there was Stiff that movie. Fuck. That Netflix movie that he did with Charlize Theron, it's like, I don't know, The, the Order or something. It's where they're like uh, immortal like assassins or an immortal fighter. Oh, he's in that movie? Listen, he's, I he's one of them, and he's really good in it. <laughs> really? I'm not going to say he's a terrible actor, but he was in a terrible... In that movie, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not... I don't know his body of work, and I can't insult his entire body of work, but I can't he's insult too young. him in Aladdin. And he had, So one of the things about Jafar is he has the deep like sort of intimidating voice and he is sort of higher pitched and monotone for most he's of just me. boring you know there's nothing to him it's all special effects with that guy and it's the old guard is what it is that's the netflix movie but he's he's just he's boring he's he's a blank slate that sucks you know he's Jonathan Freeman is all he's, it's, every, it's performance and animation put together perfectly. He, so here's my best description of it. Imal, imagine casting Bella from Twilight as Jafar. Oh, God. Okay, that sounds oh awful. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just as bland as you can be so as many people can like be like, oh, I identify with that person. So I can project my personality. Yeah. Would it. she be to like, bring up just the that? Pitch meetings again. To bring up the just pitch that. meeting. <laughs> Jafet. I would say Jafet. Like, that's a Jafet. J-A-F-E-T-T-E. <laughs> Female Jafar is Jafet. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! For for okay for obviously because you can't see this, Tyler just took a big swing out of a big jug that I thought was Everclear. For one, I wish, man. I wish. <laughs> I thought I thought Tyler uh, escalated this podcast to a level it never would have gotten. To. Now, for for the for the listeners at home, um, I live close to the Seaside Park uh, um, area. And Seaside Heights, a classic thing for residents to do is to walk around with water bottles filled with Everclear. And when cops walk around, uh, or like specials would walk around and they'd be like, what's in your, what's in your bottle? They'd be like, try it, it's water. They'd smell it and it's fucking Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> like they wouldn't even try to hide it. They won't even try to hide it. That's the that's the Jersey Shore for you, right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> that's not the Jersey Shore. That our Jersey pitch, our Jersey pitch for the podcast. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. So, sponsor us, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now Everclear sponsor now us. Everclear sponsor us. <laughs> now we're all hitting a little bit different parts of Jersey. Ross and Carrie are hitting South Jersey. I'm a bit north of Tyler with the North Jersey Shores. I'm Central Jersey for sure. Like I'm Central. I, I'm still controversial theory. Controversial. It Sorry, exists. I, I went exists. to Monmouth. Central Jersey exists. And really, if you're in an area too far north to have beaches, you're in North Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Once you start identifying as just outside New York, you're in North Jersey. You yeah. know, once you but think you're a, a New Yorker, you're in New, but New Jersey. Everyone in New Jersey goes, oh, I'm just outside of Philly. And they go, oh, I'm just outside of New York. Like, that's a thing. 
No right. one says I'm just outside Delaware. No, I'm just outside Connecticut. No one well, says no one that. wants to identify with Delaware. I mean, <laughs> no hey, one, I mean, no like, cares about Delaware? Do I, no, no, no tax. What is it? No, uh, no income tax. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. it's duty free down there doesn't mean it's worth. Yeah, living. exactly. Even before yeah. even before COVID, you had to quarantine when coming from Delaware. Yeah, so yeah. Who cares yep. about Delaware? <laughs> Not even Delaware cares about Delaware. It's where my mom has to commute to Delaware, like. When she had to drive into work, commuted to Delaware every day. Yeah. And that, that poor woman. That's yeah. not that good. Poor, yeah. What a poor, unfortunate soul. That's right. <laughs> Granted, we don't live that far Indeed. from. We don't live yeah. that far from Delaware. It's like a thirty to forty minute drive, but. And everybody in Delaware is like they're singing "Not Part of Your World" when they look in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, That's like right. they're like they're like reaching through the Delaware Memorial Bridge. To try to see. Are we ostrac- are we ostracizing our entire Delaware audience, which is. I mean, if we're lucky, one person. But I was say, I was say, what's their name? We'll shout them out. Right. <laughs> the mayor tries to entice people to live in Delaware, so he's sitting under the seat, like over the bridge. <laughs> it's fun I think, for me. I, I think my uncle Bob is the one. There you go. Well, Uncle granted, Bob, we he, appreciate you listening. <laughs> granted, I think he listened to the Pixar episode and he was like, "I don't want to hear my nephew talking about that ever again." <laughs> well, he's definitely not listening to this very far. <laughs> Once we get to our hypothetical Pixar movie, he's probably going to tune out. Like there are, there are things as cousins we never want to hear each other talk about, and I think we've gotten past it. Listen, we're past that it. now, Carrie. So yes, yeah, it's been hashed out in this episode. Yeah. So that's. Said, I think we have thoroughly discussed Disney over uh, this episode. Now, how many childhoods have we ruined? Uh, probably all of them. Yeah. <laughs> probably way too many. Yeah. I so even said, hey, Tyler, why don't you yet again tell people where they can find you if you would like to do that? So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Tyler Glaucich, T Y L E R. Uh, G-L-A-V-O-C-I-C-H. I also made a website for myself called tylerglossage.com. Uh, please hire me. Uh, I'm looking for work. I do good work. I worked at Taco Bell once. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, like, what more can you ask for? And I also graduated from college. That's a plus. Like, you know, a lot of people don't even get that far. That's so, true. also, add me on Instagram, Tyler William Glav. Uh, beginning with at the at symbol, of course, and uh, on Instagram, and that's it. Okay, good night. I'm doing that. Hold on, I'm doing that right now. I'm getting on Instagram. You're getting Carrie. You're getting me hey. as a new follower. Yeah. Carrie, so. hey. is there anywhere you would like people to find you on the internet, or would you just like people to know you as my lovely, wonderful wife? I am your lovely, wonderful wife. You can't live without me. So you keep telling me. Yeah. Yeah, can't live without. So, um, no, actually, well, I've I've written some books. So if I and I actually was wrote the books under Carrie Watson, which was my maiden name. I am working on a new book to publish under Carrie Bacon. What are your current books called? My let's see, my current books are Falling Over the Finish Line and At Low Tide, both available on Amazon. Um. Other than that, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, my two-year-old almost has more Instagram followers than I do. So if you want to follow, I love her, the mini cool. bacon she's, account. <laughs> yeah, she's she's mini she's mini bacon bit. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm just a 
big fan of happy hour films and I'm excited. What I would like to see is you guys have your own website. We might, we'll get to that point at some point, I'm sure. Because Tyler and I want to put a lot of comments on there. I'm down for that. I'm down for that. (laughs) A lot. Well, speaking of comments, Mike, where can people find us on the internet? So we are on Instagram at happy hour films podcast. We are on Facebook at happy hour films. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as Happy Hour Films. We're also on Anchor at Happy Hour Films. Uh, and if you go on Anchor, our website on Anchor, it will take you to everywhere that you can listen to this podcast. There's a lot more than just Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but I really can't remember them to list them off. Well, I think <laughs> Apple, I think Spotify and Apple are the biggest ones that people are going to find us on. They definitely are. But uh, yeah, we do. We do obviously appreciate the support and everything. Now we are very responsive on Facebook and Instagram. So if you feel the need to comment, please do. Please like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, give us a follow, do everything you can to interact with us because we will interact back. We are just that helpful and friendly. So we love when fans interact with us, and for, when breweries interact with us, that's the best feeling ever. We do. We uh, we love our breweries. We love our local breweries and the breweries that we talk about. Any so, breweries that choose to listen, we would be happy to have someone on from the brewery. Absolutely. You tell us what movies you like. We will talk about them till the end. Of the <laughs> so speaking of movies that we like, Mike, we have. We have an interstitial week this uh, week coming up. We're going to be transitioning to our new theme. Um, our theme, our new theme, will be for the month of October. Now, as everyone knows, the month of October is usually a spooky month, so we're going to be spooky talking about season. We're going to be talking about horror movies and horror directors specifically. So, in between that, Mike, what are we going to be doing? You think we are doing so, just like we did a mix of. Uh, our let the bad better best in animation we did like the mix of the animation and live action movies we are mixing animation and horror or halloween theme type of movies yeah we're and gonna do i cannot wait because we are going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite yeah. movies <laughs> we, we mentioned it in like in the Leica episodes so if you can figure that out you'll know what we're talking about but um we're also going to be doing an anime film that i i've read is kind of insane <laughs> so that's going to kind of go along with the that goes along with that like i feel like anime films are so versatile with their like you Ross does not have had, like Ghibli was probably one of your first touches into anime. It's pretty much my only introduction into it. You know, I'm I, like I said on that, I'm just not an anime guy. Like Dragon Listen, Ball, I, and all that do not appeal to me. Anymore. I grew up watching anime. I grew up watching Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, those Naruto, those types of things. Good stuff. So, good know, stuff. I know all of those words and I know what they are. I've just never seen a bit of them. <laughs> I've never seen like even a second of any of those. But uh, but yeah, I think I think the episode is gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun little one, and we're gonna do uh, or in between to segue us into our horror month, which is gonna be uh, can't gonna wait be, for horror month. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. So as always, and uh, thank you very much to uh, Tyler and my lovely wife Carrie for being here. Tyler, it's Woo! always a pleasure, buddy. We will be having you back on uh, sometime soon. Absolutely. Great, great guests, both of you. Yeah, and my my wife may or may not come back at some point for the horror episodes. It's uh, It's a dream, baby. We're talking about whatever. Probably, (laughs) 
She's probably going to be joined by Ray, who we have had on for the Will Smith episode. Oh, right. I like Ray. Yeah. So oh, yeah. So we'll be talking about that. And then, so until next week, as always, I have been Ross Bacon. I have been Mike McQuiggan. And we will see you guys next time. So long. <laughs>